0: You are listening to the Consciously Curious Podcast. In this episode, we jam with pro natural bodybuilder, raw powerlifter, and strength coach Ryan Doris, a.k.a. The Natty Pro. We start the conversation off with his upbringing and introduction into lifting weights. I know this episode is about three hours long, but there were so many good bits of life advice sprinkled throughout. The main takeaway from this episode was this. Uncover your passion, your vessel, your language, and foster a community around it. Speak your truth through it. There's nothing romantic about lifting weights, guys, but people resonate with how Ryan shares his truth through the barbell. Be so good that you impress yourself. When's the last time you can honestly say that? Please enjoy my conversation with Ryan Doris On tonight's episode, the Natty Pro, Ryan Doris, natural pro bodybuilder, raw powerlifter,
1: You know, I don't, I don't identify with any of those.
0: Athlete?
1: No, 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 no. no, What do you mean? I've done those and I definitely am that. I'm not denying it. Yeah. I'm not trying to be deeper, but when I hear it, it's as if I've almost forgot. So for instance, like when I dream, like I'm, I'm, I'm a like lucid dreamer.
0: Okay. It's fun. Oh, lucky you.
1: (laughs) I've never seen myself in a dream. As a muscular person, a strong person, so it's like my own identity still hasn't registered how I look. Right. So I yeah. So when I hear that, I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I am.
0: You talked about that about how your ego wants to stop your body from from progressing, and you just got to tell your 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 mental to like, hey, stop it. Let it do it. Let it do its thing.
1: That's hard for me. Yeah, I can't speak for everybody, but my ego is definitely out of control. Right, out of control. I mean, you keep it in check. I mean, so I, I, I'm a, I'm, I have this. Uh, I, I have to speak in a language that I don't want to speak in, but it's the only one that I know for now. So I've recently uh, gotten into like the understanding of energy and chakras. I see it and i'm like this it's just not true right Mm -hmm. i see it and i'm just just not true but it does have some truth to it like the idea of like focusing chakras in different places and energy if i were to parallel what they call a chakra and they say there's energy fields in my you know third eye and things that's that's not true but there are focuses of activity in different parts of your brain Mm. right so uh when they talk about third eye chakra and those things I would equate that to my frontal lobe, right? More activity going on there. So I have a very, very overdeveloped energy field here. I'm a big thinker. uh, I can rationalize extremely well. And I think one of my goals for this year, which I've really been working on, is, again, producing more energy from here, from my heart, Mm. thinking a lot less, because this is way overdeveloped and it's been very difficult for me to give up this thing. This thing is very egotistical. The frontal lobe, my rational, it thinks, it believes it's the best. It's logic itself into tricking me that it's the best, that my gut isn't good enough, that my heart isn't good enough. So whether you want to call your heart, you know, the limbic part of your brain, whether you want to call your third eye your frontal lobe, whatever language you want to use, it doesn't matter. But I think that's what I've always... Try uh, at least this year. I'm trying to focus more on now. So when I s- say things like I don't identify with it or, or think about that, I feel like I'm just always so busy in whatever the current goal is. Mm-hmm. That when I hear old goals that I've done, um, it's almost amazing. Just in human culture, that something you've you've done long ago sticks with you, and you can get social points for it. Incredible! that is. nuts to me. Mm-hmm. Like an old thing mm-hmm. is so old to me. But uh, I think. Yeah, I I forget about that. I have a client who I got my MBA with. We were good friends. We still work together. Um, And I'll never forget, like, the first day we stood up and did, like, the tell your cohort who you are. He had so much shit to say about himself. And I I remember asking him the next day, I'm like, yeah, how do you remember all that? Like, and I've always always liked that about him. Because if you've done hard work and gotten through those trials and tribulations, you should definitely identify as your wins. It's good for your brain, right? But I think uh, I grew up in a culture, and kind of what we were talking about, you did too, where it's like nothing is good enough. Mm -hmm. So any win you have doesn't even register as like a positive endorphin release in your head. Mm -hmm. It's just like that's what I was supposed to do, right? So when I say like my ego is out of control, I don't even – my ego is like that shit's old. Do something new, right? (laughs) Like it's unreal, and i'm doing my best to so and, and these days you're yeah. you're a strength coach strength and with, with, a, with a focus
0: in em- emotional intelligence and
1: self-mastery if they take it i have some people who send me emails Seriously? and it's two wave emojis and it's like my man ride that wave." <laughs> <laughs> you know i have some people who send you know 15 20 minute videos every week however however you want to emotionally tap into it if you want to give me a nod and I just nod you back. If you want to talk, I'll t- whatever you want. I'll do whatever helps the athlete. I'll, right. I'll do so. Right, right. Um, yeah. The f- the focus is if you'd like it. Yeah, we'll talk a lot. But I yeah, got some people who just don't just, just the for the strength man, part. Man, the they just really part. like the the numbers. Okay, give me the quantitative, the data side. Okay. Um, and luckily, like I'm not the best at that compared to peer my peers, but I understand it and respect it well enough. To know the importance of it um in objectively improving you need that quantitative side but i think what's largely ignored in the strength community in the bodybuilding community is that qualitative side what's going on in your head what are these blocks like what's going on with you and sometimes you just may need a, di- a dialogue over the course of a year like I, I have one of my clients uh this guy joe he's a good friend of mine too I'm lucky to have friends, clients for friends. Nice. The, over the last year, he more or less transitioned, left his job from he was worked at Boeing, uh, put a down payment on a house, moved that. Like that whole transition over a year, and that instead of him saying like, "Hey man, busy week," I didn't, I couldn't do the numbers. Tell me, like, mm-hmm. open up to me. What is the situation? And if I can put myself in your shoes, if I can walk a mile in those shoes and understand the context and we have this relationship developed, I can understand. I can understand what's going on. So it takes a lot of work, and financially it's not worth it, to be totally honest with you. But for me, I'm lucky that I just truly enjoy connecting with people. Mm -hmm. I like talking about it, so I would do it for free. Um, So I think for me it's more of something that's always been obvious in coaching. I've always fortunately had it in the coaches that I've had growing up since high school Mm -hmm. and everything. And I think online coaching kind of has omitted that. Um, and I'm not saying that it needs to be done. I mean, do whatever you'd like. But I think for me, at least, to understand how do I uh, have been have managed to keep clients for five years, six years, you oh, know, nice. it's that relationship. It's relationship building and right. really giving a fuck, actually caring. Right, so. right.
0: Very cool. Um, but and to get to that level, to be able to coach someone or or have that cred, you, it's important to have those. Those wins that you had, and to have the background. Well,
1: that's kind of the thing, right? the The general public will remember it, right, really well, and it always amazes me, right? So I'll I'll do like for instance, I I hardly have posted on Instagram all of 2019. I mean, not much, but every time I post, I'm Mm. like, you guys still remember me, (laughs) right? Like in my mind, I'm forgotten, (laughs) but uh, if you've done had impact on people in the past like you were like you told me earlier two years ago the interaction we had i don't really really think about it i just do i just try hard do the right thing i try to say the right thing and i have no recollection or no memory of it interesting so when i hear it um it's nuts
0: yeah you so to give people a a brief background i stumbled upon ryan through matt ogus and legends of aesthetics and that's when I wanted to like get in the gym and stuff like that. I yeah. still dabble here and there, but like, we'll go into that later. Um, and when I saw Matt's post recently, I'd like, Hey, new v- YouTube videos up. I'm like, what? Like he's back. <laughs> that was an epic video. Um, and we'll go into the branding and, and making it count and not doing it just to do it, um, later on. But I, when did you first get into, into lifting and was it bodybuilding first or, powerlifting
1: yeah for me it started with bodybuilding so uh my journey was a bit of a mostly luck like most things successful with most people It's it's mostly luck i ran track in high school um i was really good um yeah i was really good like i would go to nationals every year um i would i think i took like I forgot. I think I took second in state, senior year in triple jump and um, nationals. I was a top five guy. Um, then I went to college and i was still good. Mm-hmm. But, man, I could not figure out that education system. I could not figure out academia. I could not figure out. I didn't even understand what a syllabus was when I first got to college. Like, that's how badly prepared for college I was. I think most of my education where I grew up was fantastic, right? Mm I, I grew up, I grew up in Bolenbrook. We had Bolenbrook, Illinois, um, which is a Western suburb of Chicago has great public schools, but I think my older brother by four years, phenomenal athlete. Uh, and then I came in my freshman year, four years after him, when he left, kind of on the, off of his high. Mm -hmm. And I was a great personality, good kid. I was good at sports. Um, All the faculty just kind of like, and everyone in the coaches, they just kind of, it was good, but not good, right? Because babied you? Not babied you, but you don't have to, you don't have to, you're not held to the same rigor as kids who are out of favor. I've always been a favorite. I've always been loved and liked by people. I've always been popular and I've always been genetically talented. Right. Mm. So the first system that I ever went to was university where we were like, no one knows you here. Guess what? You got a full team, full of genetically talented people. And it just, dude, it rocked my world. Okay. Right. I'd never had been in an environment where no Mm. one cares. Right. Mm. And I've always had that love everywhere. Like like growing up. Um, And I think when I got, when I ran, uh, I just, couldn't figure out why i had to be i couldn't be three minutes late Mm -hmm. i couldn't figure it out what like in my world like what does it matter i'm gonna come here work as hard as i can and then you know the next day you have to go and like we had these insane punishments like there's this joke in track where it's like we run so much every like our sport is your sports punishment in track that's a joke right so it's like you can't make us run yeah it's like that's what every other sport does right like i'll run so they used to make us roll so we would get up And this is like, I would roll all the time. So you'd get up at like 5am and then you go on the football field and then the head coach would be out there and she'd go on this rant like, blah, 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 blah. And you guys are making me and you like, and it was a slacker of the week thing. I was there every week and you would just roll. And I remember one morning it was frost on the field. On your side. You're talking about like, like a log. You lie down on your side and you roll a hundred yards up and down. (laughs) Okay, that's brutal. And, right, so there's <laughs> frost on the field. Needless to say, like my my balls are like <laughs> inside me. I had a uterus <laughs> that day, basically. Right, and you're throwing up. You're rolling, yeah. right? And then yeah. like you start rolling on the side sometimes. So now you're not. You're losing. You're not ground. even. <laughs> it was brutal, right? So for me, I hated it. I went from this, and I went to college. I, my birthday's in August, so I got there when I was seventeen. Okay. Um. So I was like a kid still and I, I hated it like i hated that it wasn't fun there wasn't love and i think it was my first like s- softball pitch into what the world is okay right it's like even if you're talented the world is hard and up until that point the world had never been hard for me through the virtue of luck i've been good looking i've been funny i've just it's just luck man mm-hmm. just total luck i had a healthy childhood. Was never hungry, you know, and so I had all this luck around me, and not that my luck ran out. It just got normal. (laughs) It just got normally difficult, Um, and so that destroyed me, man. Like I can't lie. Like I went home, and like I remember my parents, because my older brother went. He had a scholarship. He finished and all that. And my younger brother had a scholarship. I was the only one of my brothers who like paid for school, (laughs) and so I felt like this failure, like this complete failure. I came home and, um, like my parents are foreigner parents, so they. So they they like so bad grades to them um, it's like what they do <laughs> they can't even fathom why you wouldn't go to class for free right like and so this is kind of the roots of Fortis. I was a great athlete I'm still a great athlete but like I just need to communicate what I'm feeling sometimes mm. to to get that like my archetype isn't punish me and make me roll my archetype is just like maybe ask me do i feel lost like why like and that's what a lot of athletes need a lot of people are are great there are many ways to bring out what what you bring out in what makes Steph Curry come out isn't the same attitude that you know Draymond Green right mm-hmm. like athletes have archetypes athletes are different and i felt like especially in the NCAA model in track and field you have these teams of you know 27 men and 25 women and it's similar to football and that just blow the whistle, do the thing. And you better run in this time, right? Mm-hmm. I can't ex- like, and the only way out is to fake an injury on my back or something. So anyways, I couldn't understand that training model mm. and track and group track. And then I couldn't understand the model of education. It was all new to me. Um, then I think I went, when I, I went home, uh, my two best friends um, from high school, they, they had had the same problem I had. Mm. They were playing soccer collegiately. At different schools, so we all came home, right? We were these like ex-athlete flunkies, uh, and we were like, "Hey, you guys want to work out?" And I'll never forget one of my friends, Assam Hussein. He was like, "Hey, man, look at this article," and he sent me this article. This dude, Lane Norton, mm. first first anything I ever heard of bodybuilding, <laughs> and he's like, "It's an arm workout or something." He's like, "Come on, let's do arms." And I mm. went and I did this arm workout. I'd never done arms before, really um and this is like 18 years old out of college out of flunked a year of college and my arms hurt so dude I thought my I called him I was like I think my arms are broken like it was the first work I ever had so I didn't love it right like a lot of people find bodybuilding and they love it right away a lot of people say it saved their life which, like that it did none of that for me it just filled a void of time like my whole I've never not been in the sport my entire life so when I don't train, it's like what are these five extra hours I just have? Okay. It's just like okay, this, it was it filled like, the fo- yeah, yeah. Really I good. was just used to doing like rigorous movement with that time. It just felt weird not training to me, okay. right? Um, and st- and it still does. So that's kind of what I did, and I re- I responded really well, and I got jacked pretty quickly because genetics and two. I had just come from like a collegiate track program where I understood consistently, like all these things that people struggle with in the beginning, like I'd mastered that in high school, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I knew how to work hard train. Like I, I I it was easy to me the transition. Um so I did that for a while and I went to community college. I was just kinda working at like vitamin shop and stuff, mm-hmm. and I was slowly just working in fitness. Um then my brother, who's eighteen months younger than me, two years behind me, he went to college, ran track. Um, and the coaches were recruiting him. He was like number one in the country wow. at the time. Right. He was a stud I, where I was like, I think my high school ranking ended like 13th or something. He was like one. So everybody wow. wanted my brother, um, they wanted him so bad to the point that they would come to the house from all these schools across the country wow. and they'd be like, Hey Ryan, you still jumping, man? Like, and, and my mom would be like, if you want Troy, you got to take Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, sh- mom. Sure enough. <laughs> i did i went back and i ran again oh really (laughs) so we're so yeah so school we go to it's in mississippi (laughs) and uh needless to say that i didn't last long right so for the first time i i i had uh a sense of really like kind of like a juxtaposed life path i went back to track and one, I was in Mississippi, right? So my brother and I, these two kids from the Western suburbs of Chicago, like, listen to me, right? Listen to how I talk, right? right like right, like right. I'm a Western kid from Chicago. So it's like, Chicago is a weird place because it's like, we are very aware of our culture, even if we don't sound and dress like it. Mm. And we're almost so hyper aware to a point that like, I remember like the first day we got there and like, we got to the cafeteria and there was like, literally like a white side and a black side, no animosity. Just Mississippi, oh. and I just wasn't having like, and like I just my left Chicago. <laughs> in couldn't take it, right? I couldn't take the whole place of right, Mississippi. Right, right. Um, and then track, track was great. I mean, I ran good. My grades were good. I finally was st- starting to figure out this college thing, but man, I missed my life of going to work, going to school part time, and lifting with my boys at like ten thirty wow. p.m. I missed it, right? And so. I felt heartbroken in a way that I told my brother, like, yeah, man, I'm not staying. Like, I'm going. And my brother's like, I'm out of here, too. And sure enough, he left. He transferred to the University of Iowa, finished out his career there. Oh. Um, and he's still running to this day. Oh, okay. Right? Wow. And so in that time, my story of the Natty Pro begins, right? My connections with guys like Lane Norton, right? Yeah. The first article I ever read. Um, there's this guy, John Hansen, who's like the first natural Olympia. And he promoted a show in bowling brook right okay. luck right like i people like always talk about like why i'm natural i don't know bro just luck man like i just was never in a situation where like my first introduction to bodybuilding was through lane mm. was through just guy John, was it was just through all, natural. all the naturals okay okay right yeah. so i never really was tempted with steroids or anything like interesting that. Do, what right? if what if you were surrounded by by I was so good at a natural sport track and I came from a family that was so good at genetically. Are you already? I was so good. And then I have to be honest at 19 years old, I, uh, the phrase I used in my head was ridiculous, but I was like, I get enough girls. You know what I mean? It was like, what it was like, no, seriously. It was like, I, I, I like how I perform. Like I like how I look why would i need to spend any money on anything and get a dependency on anything so i have to be honest i've never been anti steroids i've never been anti drugs ever never just in my situation i've always liked how i looked i've never struggled to build a body part um i've never felt like i needed to be bigger i like putting on normal pants and you know i, I just never wanted to cross over to that next level of dedication which it is a next level of dedication and i just i just didn't want to do it so and i never have wanted to do it excuse me so that's more or less the story of uh how the natty pro became the natty pro and so i kind of went in natural bodybuilding went pro um and i always felt like in some way i was i wouldn't say i was cheating but i just had that base of coming from a real rigorous sport which was collegiate track and field like really knowing how to train really knowing Mm -hmm. how to be dedicated that everyone i was competing against i was like you guys are amateurs, mm. but it's caught up today. Okay, the guys okay. who compete in natural bodybuilding today, Insane, huh? Woo, dude, we got some pro athletes in natural bodybuilding today. Interesting. Like then in you know 2012, was running circles around people. Yeah, but nowadays, dude, these guys are the 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 talent pool, to genetic pool in bodybuilding and powerlifting.
0: It, like they're all they're all good, you know. To the point where they have to tell themselves like, just to be on the stage, you're good. Dude, you know,
1: they're good now. They're good now, but that but that's good though. That's how yeah. sport grows when when people who have the the so for instance somebody like uh, Antonio Brown, who what's going on with his whole scandal and everything in football. If he really wanted to dedicate the next year and a half to playing soccer or playing baseball, he could definitely come close to being pro. Mm. His stock. Yeah. Is just professional athlete yeah. in any way, shape, or form you put it. Mm-hmm. Same with LeBron. Like if LeBron oh wanted if, if LeBron wanted to be a wide receiver, <laughs> give him three years. He'd be he'd be probably one of the top hundred on a pract- on the NFL practice team, right? Yeah. He might not be the best, but like he'd definitely be one of the best guys on the practice team, no right. doubt. Right. Like, right. He'd be good. So he can
0: Yeah, no flopping though, LeBron. Yeah.
1: Right. So the stem cells, I guess you can call it, are shifting to Mm -hmm. powerlifting bodybuilding so yeah man it's it's a really good time for the sport right now um i feel like i'm sort of like an og right now in the sport Mm -hmm. um and i have this weird status where like you said people still respect it and i look at myself in a mirror and i literally i see like um sort of like a shell of my old self like i look and i'm like i'm not as good as i used to be Mm -hmm. like as an athlete i see it um but it doesn't matter like people still remember you at your best it's an odd thing. Nostalgia is powerful. It's a powerful thing, man. So mm-hmm. people still remember, like, the 25-year-old version of me. Although, like, physically, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the two if you saw my pictures from last year. But here. Yeah, you look good. Here, it's not the same. Okay. It's definitely not the okay. same. I, I feel it. I feel it fading. I can't so um, after the
0: bodybuilding, did you want to continue? Like, so can you just, because I don't know, can you mm-hmm. walk me through the pro card process? real quick yeah so
1: sorry so the pro card process is um think about it like this it's basically definition of what a bodybuilding pro is is that you are eligible to compete for money okay right so there are some individual sports where you can claim your pro status so uh an individual sport like boxing or golf I've never put on a pair of boxing gloves or golfed, but if I wanted to go claim my pro status, I could go do it. I could go compete for money. I'd lose a bunch of money entering contests and, you know, I'd be an idiot, but I can go pro at any time. Bodybuilding um, is not like that. Bodybuilding is that you have to actually win a contest or a series of contests to deserve the right to call yourself a pro. So that's why in bodybuilding, pro is such an elusive title. Um, So in natural bodybuilding, there are really at this point, two or three major worldwide organizations. Um, And so what I did, I had a season in 2011, where I went pro in the two biggest organizations, basically, like, I figured if the two will accept me, and know I'm a pro there, I can compete as a pro anywhere. So it's just really a mat- matter of a natural bodybuilding, at least, resource. Um, if they were ever to sort of... Even like the NBA used to be the ABA and NBA, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. leagues come together over time, and that's sort of the transition natural bodybuilding is going into. So they're consolidating which ones are really going to stick and what's coming together. And you're starting to see, uh, for instance, like I competed last year in one, probably, the, in my opinion, the most difficult uh, in yeah competitive natural bodybuilding institution which is wmbf but i never went pro in the wmbf i basically just had enough clout from being a pro in other organizations that i sent them an email and i was like hey th- i'm me can i compete in your organization and they're like yeah for sure right oh. and that's kind of how it works now so my pro status now if you were to like to look me up and be like is ryan Dorse a pro it's like eh, expired i'm <laughs> a, i'm technically not a pro but if i want to compete like i took a 6 year break i just yeah. emailed all of the top organizations i was like hey i'm me i'm still pretty good can i compete as a pro so that's oh. what it what's going on at, sorry at the top of natural bodybuilding yeah at the entry level you got to go win these shows man okay. like so a show has uh, stipulations it may have to be uh, a certain number of competitors in the show so it has to be difficult right it can't be like okay five people in a show okay it has to be a certain number of competitors in a show it has to be a certain number of people in your class and a certain number of classes okay so when i went pro uh at this like the show i did for what what is the what was uh ifpa is now the ipe so the big or- institutions there's three there's ipe WMBF and OCB. Those three just pay the most money. That's what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. And th- the most competitors are there. They go where the money is and mm-hmm. they're testing standards. There's some, like you see like Musclemania stuff. That's where the term half nanny comes from. Right. Mm-hmm. They kind of te- like, but those are the three that really test. They actually mm-hmm. test. Right. Um, and so I float between those, whatever I feel competitions I want to do, locations I want to go. Um, so those three are almost acting as one organizations in, in some way. Um, And so, more or less, you have to go to the amateur affiliate for these pro organizations. The show has to have, I don't know, I don't know, 100 people. Um, Your class has to have... I'm going off example of when I went pro. It's been so long. There were three classes, uh, heavy, heavy, medium, uh, short, or whatever. And I think each class had like 14 guys, right? So, to go pro you had to beat your class of 14 guys and then beat the winner of those other two classes. You had to win the overall. So you had to win the whole shit, right? No okay. You had to be really good to okay. go pro, right? That's, that's kind of how it was back in the day. Um, and I was doing that and people were mind blown, right? Like how, like I was ra I was like breaking it up. Um, and then like I went to my next pro season and I was like in overalls, like with the past, with the top nice. legends, which I think was kind of, again, a good and bad thing. I say, because in bodybuilding, uh I don't know, like you see the top. When you see the top, it's like you kind of get stuck there. So it's like I, I, I remember like I, I went in 2012 and I got into this huge overall with like one of the he's still a legend, Cleveland Thomas. And I thought and I remember I lost by one I lost by one point, and then I did that same show really last year, and again they're like, Oh man, you remember in 2012, man, you lost by one point and they were going on and on and on about it, right? Um and it's like do I really invest the next four years of my energy into one point? Mm. That's what happens with bodybuilding, And that's why um, a lot of bodybuilders go nuts, right? Like you get that constantly second chasing effect, never give up thing. Or you get people like me who is like, how about I don't bodybuild? And in that time I didn't bodybuild, I got I got nationally ranked and worldwide recognition in powerlifting, a totally right. new sport. Right. I right. started, I started with DeNovo, sold sold my sold my share of DeNovo. Yeah. Started Fortis, um, yeah, dude. Or I could have chased
0: that first place in six years. And you've done a lot in six years. Oh man. Well, you know, we didn't even get to say. So you've been kind of a nomad. You've been nomadic for a little bit. Yeah. Some Florida action, California action.
1: Yep. So, yeah, like I said, I'm from here. Yeah. Um, and then initially, when I was getting my MBA, uh, I was kind of in that Lane Norton group, and he had some great up and coming people in that group. And if you look at a lot of people who are really killing in a natural bodybuilding today, they started in that Lane group. Okay. Like we all did. Mm-hmm. Like, um, really shout out to him, to be totally honest with you. But he's right in his own wave now, man. He's from the last conversation I had with him, he's doing better than ever, as an individual. Um, He's got a small circle now, but he used to have a great group of young up-and-comers that he really empowered, and I think he did his time in giving back. I I really have to give that to him. But, um, yeah, dude, I feel like it's just, it's just, hmm, I want to put this, hmm, having a uh, a word mm. a word diverger in my head the way I want to put it it's hard to i guess predict how such a new thing is going to go between the rise of fitness crossfit bodybuilding powerlifting and social media um it was almost impossible to determine what direction any of that was going to go six years ago or five years ago? So I think my being nomadic was responsive less of what I wanted to do in the past few years. So uh, through that lane group, uh, I met Ben escrow Ben uh, is currently, I think he just finished his masters in pharmaceutical chem or something like that. He's just he's one of the smartest, honest, honestly, God, smartest people I've ever met in my life um and he had the novo he was running out of his parents garage or something like that um and at the time i already kind of had plans of what i was going to do um i was sponsored with salvation who made uh, extend and stuff like that and that was more or less my life's path i was just going to kind of go with them and kind of just work in industry um and then one day i was talking to ben and he kind of was joking with me and he said uh, what is it gonna take for me to steal you from Salvation? And I was like, I literally laughed. You know what I mean? Like I was like, you're gonna pay me hundred thousand dollars. You know? It's like <laughs> I laughed, and I was like, yeah, dude. Like I'll help you out. Like let me take a look at your numbers and stuff, right? Because like I think if there's one thing that um, people in business who get in the business are passionate about their product or service. But I think one thing uh, to be successful in business that you need to become passionate about is money, and I think. When people hear that, it's like some curse or you feel like you become evil or something. I think of money as like water, right? Like money is the water to the body, to earth. And like money is moves, money makes, like money is everything. Like money is the centerpiece. Money is the the life's blood of business. Um, And most businesses largely ignore their blood work or Mm -hmm. their amount of water they're drinking. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I said, let me look at the numbers and they were terrible uh, terrible (laughs) (laughs) absolutely terrible right like i mean i don't want to put out numbers but no it's not good yeah not just a a hobby more or less the company was not incorporated that's funny because
0: that's how i am right
1: now yeah a hobby right speaking truth (laughs) it's just a hobby um and so me halfway through my mba i'm like Dude, I I sit to this this guy who sits next to me, Paul Boris. I was like he he was in the accounting program at, at, at Northern Illinois. Their accounting program there is like the program. Like mm. I, in the time I I, went, I was a marketing student at NIU, in the time that I was there, um I never even spoke or saw an accounting student like in the same business building. Like that's how exclusive they were. Like wow. they're like it. Like they're like KPMG, McDonald's, yeah. bon- like they're like okay. it, right? Okay. Like and so he came from that, and I was like, man, just take a look at this. And he looks at it, and he, and we just keep talking about this company more and more, because that's all we did in NBA, talking about companies. Um, and somehow, it just... Give it, like, four months, man. It just got to, like... Me and this guy getting our NBA together want to join you on this, and we want to go all in on this. That's how it became. I never, okay. I never wanted to be an entrepreneur, ever. I never had dreams of being... I never, I never... I always thought i'm going to get an mba get a great job in the industry i never thought i was going to work for my never i never planned it or envisioned it um but it got to the point that i got so interested in de novo uh and like this idea of like giving genuine doing genuine supplements and products so basically what ben was doing he had uh a really good source of protein powder that he was getting. He actually got it through Lane Norton, ironically (laughs) enough, right? Like he met these people, right? Because he was basically doing leucine research or something on the protein. Yeah, Lane, yeah. Right, right. right. And so it was basically, it was uh, a... That was his dissertation, I think. On leucine. Yeah. Right? And so the protein, the connection they was working with, basically this uh, company who we sourced our protein from, Lane knew them through his, uh, what do you call someone's professor, their guide, or whoever's in charge of you when you're getting a phd i I forget the word yeah yeah i can't yeah that person okay did work at this company on leucine they were known for their high leucine content in this protein and ben got that in and that's who we sourced Mm. our stuff from like fortunately right like Mm -hmm. you need to buy like investigator something like that like you you know you know the word you know the word it's like mentor or something. It's not that. I, I know the word. It's something. And whoever's watching this is going to be like, they're dinking right now. <laughs> and so, anyways, he was he was that. Um, okay. In through that connection, Ben got to order. This is, this is the most insane thing I've ever heard. Half a ton of protein to his house. That's unheard of, right? Like first, like you have to. The minimum is like three pallets, right? We're talking like four or five tons. And he just went all in. They gave him a deal because of his connection. Wow. You got the order half a ton and there's And so you can run half a ton pretty quickly because if you don't have that many customers and you order the minimum of, you know, five tons, it's going to go bad on you before you can sell it. Yeah. That sounded like drugs. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so it's literally the same thing. Right, really. right. 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 So, so like the, the industry, the supplement industry is called, uh nutraceuticals right okay. it's not nutrition it's not nutrition it's not pharma it's this weird gray area in the middle of catch me if you can fda nutraceuticals oh. which leaves an opportunity for you to play it dirty or play it clean i hear yeah. that's why the supplement industry is so shady so what a company can do what a lot of these companies do uh since the government considers it nutraceuticals it's like all nutraceuticals are uh i don't think post hoc would be the word but it's like a catch me it's like I will create the product, and if you want to catch me, it's like the IRS, Mm -hmm. right? I'm just going to do it, and if you catch me, catch me. Ask for forgiveness. Or jail time, (laughs) depending on how (laughs) bad you fuck up, one of the two. And so that's what the supplement industry is like. So a lot of these people get their footing in the ground by selling pro-hormones, illegal products. That's why you see people just outright selling steroids sometimes, right? Like... You can get away with it if you can fly under the radar of the FDA for two or three years. Then Mm -hmm. one day they come knocking down your door. So what Ben and I wanted to do was, how do you create a small company who doesn't have the money to pay for these FDA standards, right? To call the FDA and say, so what we did, we just literally, I remember our first thing, we were in Australia, and we were figuring all this stuff out. And we used to be on the phone all the time. Uh, So basically, we went to Australia for a month. Lane put on a tour. And we took all the money that we got from that month's worth of touring seminars in Australia and put it in the company. Oh, okay. So that was like our seed investment together. Um, and we also moved to Florida with it. Florida, because there's two states in the United States where you have great, basically tax code for a sports, not even sports, nutraceuticals company, mm-hmm. Utah, which is one of the biggest states for manufacturing Yeah, in that in Florida, yeah. right um fucking of course Florida we moved to right so we go to Florida and that's how my first nomadic journey begins I didn't want to move to Florida I didn't want to be an entrepreneur but it just felt right it just felt like what I wanted to do and maybe I'll get back to work or something so you get there um and you just start learning the hard way right we got this warehouse and it's just empty white space you know a thousand square feet and then we call these manufacturers like hey we need to set up with this and then they walk in and then they look at you like, I remember, I'll never forget. They're like, it's something, something. She's like, do you guys even have a mezzanine? We're, and we both look at each other and we're like, what's a mezzanine? <laughs> and he laughed at us in our face. And while he was laughing, I just kept writing down stuff. And that's really, how, that's really how I learned how to get De Novo off its feet. I would call these companies, literally waste their time, right? They're selling stuff for like $35,000. <laughs> and I'm just like this child on the phone. And they're like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Goodbye, sir. And every now and then... <laughs> When people do what people do, like is that when you're a, a nobody, people do this weird thing where they try to flex on you. They're like, "Do you even know what a something something is? Do you even have of this?" And it's like you're dissing me, but low key educating me because I don't know. Right. But I'm gonna write mm-hmm. it down Good and, for you, and because I have this phone, I'm gonna Google it. Yeah. Right. And 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 enter those steps right, right away. Right? right. And that's I, that's really how I learned most of what this sports manufacturing supplement stuff is. So. We have the space. We order these food-safe uh, blend, like these food-grade con- blenders, basically where you can like mix. Like uh, it looks like a cement mixer, but it's like basically for companies who make like cakes and batches, like bakers and stuff, use them basically just to get mm-hmm. a homogenous mix. And we started making protein, just me and him. That's so cool. Yeah, and this they had like five mixers going with cords plugged in or fucking have ant <laughs> traps breaking bad with some protein legit right <laughs> then we had always problems like the ac would go out right and then if it's yeah. out for then you know you don't want water to get in the pro so it's like literally we he and i both gave up both of our lives he left home i left home and it was just me and him um going all in my other partner paul who was really finance guy he wasn't getting his hands dirty right he was just doing the numbers and keeping us quantitatively alive. Um, and dude, we just literally—it was—it was one of the most difficult times in my life in terms of entrepreneurship. And also, this was before a time when, like, really Gary V was out, right? Mm-hmm. So this was like a time—it was like probably the last of an era where grinding, like, for instance, like just literally yesterday and two days ago, I worked till five o'clock in the morning, and like that has become such a non topic to me now mm. right like working all night like all, it's nothing to me like and not not from a point of like arrogance but like i did it so much in de novo if i do it twice a week now well, i had a great week you mm. know what i mean if i it's like it's it, it's a it's a fantastic week um so i think i really learned those hardships and i really just learned through bludgeonings and beatings in into being embarrassed losing money like we did a run on bags one time the labels and then we had one typo in it and you know, if it's oh, got it right. Yeah, and so yeah. and that's like $10,000 on the drain. Yeah. And that hurts, man. Yeah. Right. It hurts. And then you want you just want to go in your room and cry. Right. right? Over bags, over bags, you know? So do you fucking just run the bags? <laughs> you know? Like what do you do? Right. Do you run the bags anyway? Brist the FDA seeing, you know, something like, and so you make all these decisions. So long story short, we do that through the years, things slowly grow. We start, we buy new equipment, right? Like we build this mezzanine, like Ben, and Dan comes down, we build this mezzanine. Um, and then over time people start seeing the wave. People like good work. Um, there's this kid, Reggie, uh, shout out to Reggie. I still coach Reggie to this day. Uh, he worked at a bakery and he used to work out at the gym in Tampa, the powerhouse. And I was like, Hey, you know, anything about like powders and stuff, man, Reggie comes in. Right? Okay. One of my clients, Billy, this all came from my like, clients and friends. He comes down, Billy comes down. Billy was one of the first people in the warehouse. Um, then a good friend, Jake, he he stopped, he finished school. And next thing you know, you fast forward sometime, we have two manufacturers, we have an office, you know, in 13 employees. It's a legit business. Fuck, man. Mm-hmm. It just happened. Like, it just happened. Uh, and then for me, I think my exodus and my leaving of DeNovo. Denovo meant everything to me. It was my first. You have a tattoo of it, don't you? Oh God, dude! It's it was it was my, it was my frat. Right. It right, was my right. dude. Like it's meant everything to. It's right. changed my life. Right. It it taught me. It was my NBA. Denovo. Interesting. Just yeah. The field experience. Yeah. What really I think took t- tore us apart in our relationship with Elise Ben and I, was. Denovo was at a point where. It got, so big and so good. That we lost that, and you see, you hear the story all the time, like John and John, like John Lennon and Paul McCartney stopped writing songs together because they were busy with their own lives. Like um, we weren't going to the warehouse till five in the morning and then going to Wawa for just uh, a gas station for subs after. You know, I mean? like we stopped doing those things. He would do chemistry stuff. He had a lab in the office, uh, and I would do marketing meetings. Right, mm. and so it's like. It got to a point where it was almost like you see you see the same thing with uh, with Steve Jobs and I'm uh, uh, Steve Wozniak and Wozniak yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and the same thing up with Bill Gates and uh, I
0: wonder if if and you know everything happens for a reason but what if like the company took a a retreat a team building thing you know like hey you know we're, we're we we let us celebrate how far we've come and let's just take some time for ourselves
1: yeah my e- my ego wouldn't allow that at the time okay and i don't think to, i can't speak for him but i don't think his did uh because I, we had periods where um we would leave the company for it seemed like forever but it'd be like two weeks you know like i remember like i'd go like california for like three weeks or just like some you just, yeah, you yeah, just, just get for away yourself. Oh, okay. for yourself yeah um but at the same time the company was so like it was this, in this weird place where it's like I'll be honest. Thirty thousand dollars a month isn't a lot of money for a company, but if you've never even seen five thousand dollars, right? I mean, it's a lot of money for a twenty-seven-year-old group of kids. Yeah, dudes, yes, kids. Absolutely. Right? We don't frat, know what the fuck, we're right. frat. frat, like, right. a frat, dude. Like the company literally would be like, we would go work. I mean, we'd work insane. We'd have these meetings. We'd work. And then we just fucking party. We, <laughs> we party at the at the same house which we use as our secondary office. It was nuts. It was nuts, dude. Like and one like it was so non sustainable. Like because between the amount of work I did, the amount of partying I did and then the power lifting. Um dude and it was it's, it's crazy, right? Like fitness yeah. IQ, Jorge, we brought we had so many athletes and people t- dude it was it was just it got so he, w- he
0: was part of that too?
1: everyone started Should in de novo that's where he started Fuck, i didn't ls, no LS mclean yeah he started those d- were my boys man. Oh. Right? <laughs> so this this ties back to like the lane thing when i said i think lane has paid his dues and like put people on a platform that's what de novo was for me oh. right so i got some of my favorite people who are like i have good taste in you i have okay like, Come okay, in. Okay. I'll I'll bring you into my thing. Okay. And I platform them. I help okay. them get them followings. Like I helped them get their own apparel line. Right. And so they're still my boys. Right. And right. I see them eating and I see them doing their yes. thing. And it's just like, I feel when I say like, I feel like an OG. It's like, I feel like I can like work on like my, I don't want to say passion project, but like I have nothing to prove to myself in terms of entrepreneurial competence. Like DeNovo covered that for me in a very short period of time albeit at the expense of my relationship with my my current girlfriend it was terrible mm-hmm. at the t- i mean it was, I, dude, I was all over the place my family really i mean everything sacrificed in the place of that it was a hyper focused period of my life um which it was my frat man with my boys like um literally like, it was like bone and blood man we yeah. it was it was one of the greatest experiences of my life and so um when we got to at least what I felt was the end of, of my time in De novo. Um it wasn't so clear how it was gonna go, right? Like it was like it was some combinations of like uh, I have a I have a non disclosure too, so I have to For sure <laughs> I, have, like, yeah, I have to think what have say it. There were some points where it was like it wasn't obvious that I was gonna leave. Oh. In fact it was never obvious. It was more obvious like this is Ryan's company. We're going to go. That's really what it was. Oh. Um, and so the reason why I did it is it because of ego. The reason I left was really an ego thing. It was like, all right, the disagreements we have, which I won't talk about, I'd like to see you do it without me. Mm. And here's the only suggestion I have. My suggestion was you take my ownership and you give it to all of the first OG employees anna reggie jake right but like the, the 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 ogs who were in that warehouse with us mm. till four in the morning getting mosquito bites like driving across that bridge back to tampa side from Clearwater water <laughs> like give it to the o- that was my only thing um and so we obviously that deal didn't that i can't talk about the deal that sure, we sure, did sure. sell for but it worked it worked out they have their company they're more now like a uk based thing they have Luke. Oh. Um, and I think it was a good move for them, honestly. Okay. Like they moved in like the gaming and they're based in the UK now largely. Um, they have a whole UK team. It's nuts. Like oh. they just shifted. Um and it works for them. But but yeah, I just feel like I didn't want to disrupt what Ben created. I had I had so much regardless of our disagreements, I had so much respect that he was number one in De novo. Although in the employees in Power Shift eyes, it looked in the public, it looked like I sure. was one. I had so much respect for him that like I didn't want to make him feel like an outsider in his home, and so I was at the time egotistical and young enough to be like, I can do it again, and sure enough, I have right. Like <laughs> I'm fine. I'm I'm I have more money than ever. Like yeah. my wave is stronger than ever. Right. right like right, sure yeah, enough. Right. And so I think that's kind of like where Fortis was born, right? I saw issues that I didn't like in supplements, and I tackled those first. And then I think now in Fortis, it's sort of the same model as the Novo. Much smaller team, obviously, just me and coaching, and through the power of content and writing, uh, that's kind of where go. So I'm so p- three years post De Novo, Fortis is finally, I think, becoming going to become somewhat of a company that produces something. Um, so this year I've just like been writing a book really. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, outside of coaching, it will be the first Fortis product really product. Yeah. Right. Like on all these things that I've been talking about with like athletes and the philosophy and things like that. So uh, we didn't get it on mic on the mic, but this is what I was saying earlier. For anyone that brutally sat through that super long story of track to now in my life, All of that nomadic, moving experience, none of it was planned. None of it was predicted. I just rode a wave. Mm -hmm. I went with it. When I had to break down and cry and go back to my mom's house, I did it. When I was fucking rich, I was rich. When I make a lot of money, I take it. If I don't make a lot, I don't. So I just basically ride whatever wave I'm on. Um, and And that just following the truth, I call it walking with God. God being... Force, whatever you force, wanna. truth, light, whatever you want to call it, yeah. reality. I just try to walk with God, and I know that if I walk with God, I can't, I can't lose. Because the only thing that walking with the truth can lead me to is really the end, my death, which is guaranteed for sure. So, like you know, what's what's really the the hesitation or fear and just doing what feels right. So, what I was telling you earlier, you can't lose if you follow the truth. I have to be honest. Just following my what felt feels right god whatever word label energy you want to put on it i've had that de novo experience i've had classic track experience i've had what i have today with fortis being really more of a solo entrepreneur uh my business is more profitable than ever. i make more money than i've ever made in my life i'm happier than i've ever been Mm. um but it has come at the expense of a lot of chaos and a lot of kind of finding how to reorganize that chaos to make some sense and that's 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 the same like karmic samsara wheel man it's the same thing over and over and over and over and over and that's why i always say in my posts like ride that wave ride that wave because people want to be the same they want to put out the same content they don't want it they want to follow the same content schedule same time same everything and you get stuck into the sloop of boring, right? Of uninterestingness. And I think why my brand has stood out is because I've been a real person who just so happens to love working out. And I just talk about working out sometimes, right? So when people say things like a natural bodybuilder pro or whatever, I don't know. I don't feel like I identify with that. I just feel like I try to focus on whatever challenges in front of me at the moment more than anything. And how am I going to navigate that? And I mean, I, I don't worry myself, but like, I concern myself so wholeheartedly on the issue in front of me, whatever obstacles in the way to figuring it out. And there's nothing like the feeling of breakthrough of figuring something out that you didn't that you didn't really have much faith in. So if the if, if I had to identify with anything, it would be that I am just on a path of self-mastery, trying to figure out how to do this shit, like trying to figure out what where I'm at. I don't try to define it. I listen to the signs when they're good. If it's hard, fucking whatever, man, do it. Fucking just do it and get on with it. Um, and that has accumulated a brand with my accountant. My accountant, I, I have me, we have like a, our last meeting. My accountant is the shit dude. This dude is like my fi- I should call him my whole financer to be totally honest with you, but he's one of the strongest members on my team. I gotta be honest. I love this dude. And he says as an accountant, he was like, he's like, you know what I like about your brand? He's like, You can literally fuck up for a month and people will still ride with you. I think I'm one of the few influencers in fitness who hasn't put out this brand of cleanliness. Like I'm always strong. I'm Mm. never injured. I'm always, I always got a six pack. Like I have just been putting out my fuck ups and the conquering of my fuck ups for so many years. That people are riding with me. Normal people. The people. Like 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 one thing I was telling you earlier, right? Like Karl Marx, his concern was like the people, the people, the people. And it's like, although I don't agree with communist ideologies, I agree with the people. Do the people really get what's going on? I think that's what makes The Rock successful. God, right? dude. It's yeah. just like that seven bucks production.
0: It's just like dude, never forgetting where you came from never. and sharing that with people.
1: It's the people, man. That's what matters. And I see sometimes I see posts and they and they feel like, to me, they feel like, arm's length. It's like, hey guys, train in arms today. What do you like to train? It's like, dude, bring them in. <laughs> bring them in. Talk to people. Like, What are you doing? What are we doing here? And I think it's ridiculous. And so I don't want to say keeping it real. I'm not a real honest person. Honesty is not the most profitable thing, but I think I'm the most vulnerable and I'm good. I'm good at being I'm good at being vulnerable and conquering it because I think there's also a wave of being vulnerable and just complaining and self-loathing about maybe one day you'll have strength. Um, and kind of just like the meek will inherit the earth mentality of like, um, I don't know, this really left this culture we see of like stay strong and hope and one day. Uh, and it's kind of like that really like Christian morality, like mm-hmm. hope, which is why Nietzsche was like, fuck all that. <laughs> you gotta figure this shit out yourself (laughs) so i think i like that so i think i like saying here are my vulnerabilities here are like here's here's how i'm going to do it or get through it and through all of this i stay in shape and that weird space of staying in shape has connected me to that it's like if i didn't work out vessel oh my dude if i didn't work out i'd be the same person yeah but the fact that i work out people have so much interest in that And to me, that's always been mind blowing that of all the things I do of all the interests, I have so many good interests and the weights are what people want to (laughs) hear. And I tell it. I say this to my girlfriend all the time. Like we, like she loves Beyonce. I love Beyonce. And I say, you think as smart and hardworking as Beyonce is, all she can offer us is songs for three minutes. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like, it seems like you have to have enough humility that whatever the vessel is ride the wave don't be above the the oh. the vessel right like i don't care like for instance joe Rogan. joe rogan joe rogan's a bright guy like his vessel is talking into a microphone he's much he's bigger than that oh, yeah. he's better than that but if this is what people want right like you can't forget to be a capitalist like give the market what it what it wants right. so um as much as i'd like to talk about you know, Nietzsche and Ayn Rand and all this rational self-interest shit. I have to.
0: It's funny because they also say the other side probably says like, be very focused in your niche, and the audience will be attracted to that. Instead of trying to overgeneralize yourself and try to capture a wide audience, you're going to appeal right. to a select few. So if you what, if you started introducing more of that stuff. And you already do. I I think that's what pulled me to you in the uh, also is the philosophical side. I put
1: the philosophical pill in the applesauce of fitness. (laughs) You're going to like, you will, you will know Thoreau before the day is over, (laughs) but it's just in some weightlifting bullshit. Right. Right. That's how I've done it. And I think that's why like the people I look up to the most, when I say good work, is because it's like you, I'm like, I'm looking at your setup here you know, a thing or two about what's going on here, but like you've laid it out to just look like a cool vibe. Mm -hmm. It's much deeper than that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's like figuring out those levels, like figuring out this, like it's been a, like there's different types of microphones, condenser impact. It's deep. Right. And it's like, I think for someone to do depth, like really deep work and then bring it to us and just make it seem like relatable. Digestible. That's good work. To me, that's good work. That's a good teacher. That's a good coach. Which is why I'm so turned off from academia. Because they will give you nothing but... Oh, yeah.
0: And then they'll move on without you. Absolutely. I I get that. And so as as an instructor myself, we have students that come from various backgrounds. Some that have pre-medical knowledge. Some that don't. Mm -hmm. Some that are making career switches. So I... I acknowledge that and I use different vernacular on a, de- on a yep. within each class. So, and it's not that, it's not only that, it's using anecdotes and stories to keep them awake. There's a trick to Absolutely. like teaching. Absolutely. And you want to immerse the student in the experience to keep them awake. I think we've been great educators in that aspect.
1: Is that, is that, so I think, in, I, I think for you, I didn't realize it till right now, I think in some way, uh that's kind of what i like about what i've seen with your content is that you're i don't want to say watered down that sounds negative but you're educating right if you look at my content i'm just educating i'm taking things i like and i'm and i'm I'm doing it right um so for you you know before a subject or whatever what do they call then journalism me guest a guest. one of my king before a subject <laughs> enters my court <laughs> before before a guest comes in you know enough about them roughly that you want them to educate your audience in some way you know yeah. what questions you want to pull right like that's an art that's to me that's an art form and it's like it's educating not through the lecturer format that you might do here no i'm sorry the other guy lectures you do this sorry sorry uh-uh.
0: you lecture it's oh yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. The other lecture, but as an as both both of us, we want to help the student come to the conclusion themselves. Yes, which which is even more power. It's so much more powerful.
1: So, which takes work. Yes, and I think for the type of content that you're putting out, in uh, to be totally honest, the name consciously curious. There's power. There's power in that. It's like curiosity among a, f- a fucking orangutans. Curious. Non-consciously. Right? Like, anything is curious. A dog is curious. Right, right, right. But right. to, like... To have intent. That is everything. And I think to have intent, to me, is the most American thing. I, dude, to have the information and to actively try, to me, that is the most American thing you can do. Because we are bombarded with information in education. Dude, I have... On my phone, for all the powerful things on that phone, the fact that I have a Wikipedia app in my phone is like sometimes I'll go on and just read random stuff. I'm like, cool. You're like six clicks deep into Wikipedia. Right, dude. Like- this is someone's life work, <laughs> and I'm just like, cool. right. You know what I mean? Like, right. And so I think my my active seeking of that of that in that curiosity, like the that that to me really makes all of the difference in the learning experience. So all we can do as educators is what we're really doing, right? I think it's nouveau or new age education and that not everyone I've dude, I went, I went up to a master's degree. I understand not everyone wants to sit there, take a test in a certain amount of time in that rigid academic structure. Some people want to feel like, Hey, that's my friend through social media. I like what he, I don't want to go, so for instance, my girlfriend, she's the most practical human being I've ever met, she won't sit and talk to me about philosophy, but if I, uh, we're, I put up a post today, like, we've been doing this puzzle, and, like, I'm not going to talk about, like, the Hindu cycle of birth, rebirth, death cycle, but if I say something like, man, we're halfway done, it makes me kind of sad, because, you know, we're going to get this thing, build it perfect, and have to tear it down. Mm-hmm. That That's educate. Like, I'm still educating the Hinduism of birth-rebirth. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go on and talk to her long form for 45 minutes about no. all the gods. In there. It's you know, all around us. It's Exactly. So I think for me, good work, again, full circle comes down to who is educating in the most powerful way, which I think why Twitter is so powerful. And music is so powerful, right like these artists in my opinion, the number one right now is at least for me is Kendrick Lamar. he is making these hippity hoppity black sounding music to suburban mothers in their minivan and they like it, but if you re- if you listen close enough, he's actually like you know what I mean like you can play a song next to flow riders and it oh, fits God, yeah. But if yeah. you look at content to content,
0: oh, deep Kendrick is yeah,
1: poof, profound. Oh, dude, and he's making it sound good. Yeah, that to me, that to me is hip. That to me is good work, right? To make what we're doing in this academic building and to bring it to the people, so that thousands and thousands of thousands of people like it. I feel sometimes a shame how many people like my posts. If you
0: look on that well, that's that's how long we've been kind of. It's crazy.
1: That's a lot. Of, that's <laughs> a lot of heads. It's a lot of brains. It's a lot of brains.
0: It's been a fun ride.
1: Yeah, man. I feel like this is. I feel like this is your, uh, de novo. <laughs> you won't be here till your. We're dead. definitely riding the wave. You won't be here till your death. Speaking
0: speaking of of deathbed, um, I think on Austin's podcast, you you mentioned when you're on your deathbed, you want to be able to say I'm ready to fucking go man. take me I'm ready to fucking go I man. had this one at bat and I fucking ready did it all
1: <laughs> and so like the way the way so so I guess in some some way to pair to kind of repeat what I mean what I said and what I mean by that um I want to whenever I do die to be like I am ready to go I don't need an afterlife I'm just ready for blackout peace I am I imagine my death will be a lot like it was uh in uh a dreamless sleep or before I was born, right? I don't remember the year 1900. It, it was kind of, it was nothingness, right? Yeah. As a, as the Buddhist would put it, right? Nothingness is a real thing. In fact, this thing is just a quick blip of light and sensing, and then I'm back to the nothing. So with that, I'm ready to maximize this beam of light, this quick flasher of the high beams, like whatever you want to call this, yeah. this period. I want to maximize it in what I want, and I feel comfort. And knowing that if I pick one thing, I can learn everything. So kind of where I'm getting to with writing this book is that the language I speak is exercise. The language you understand and speak to is is exercise and strength training. Like you understand that language. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you have uh, classrooms full of students. It doesn't matter if you have millions of followers. If you can really get good at that thing, that language or that strength training, you can experience all of life through that one thing, Alright. And so that's where I find comforts in the gym. I used to look at it like, oh man, I've spent so many hours in the gym. I haven't experienced the world and this and that. Reality you have, right? Like if you experience grief through losing a contest, you experience grief in any form, grief through losing a chess championship. It's all, it's all more or less the same. The, the, Wow, Machiavellian, I was going to say the ends don't justify the means. The means, the means themselves are just the means, right? For, that, that, that means a lot
0: because sometimes, a lot of times, um, I feel like we're just a factory pumping out EMT students. And it feels dull at times. And I feel like
1: I need to move on to something. That's just what they speak. So, again, I go to I go to my, let's say like... Uh, the book the new testament the book of the most popular book in the world right mm-hmm. the new testament the book of first two books of mark and mark and matthew which are jesus's words in my opinion those two books some of the most important moral philosophy ever regardless of your spirituality or belief or whatever in jesus i think the moral philosophy of those two books of uh, the golden rule all those basic tenets that jesus said right, in the sermon on the mount are important if you believe it or not it's good philosophy that philosophy has more or less been translated in every known language of of the world mm-hmm. so for me let's just say something like the golden rule when you feel the golden rule in you it doesn't matter if you heard it in fucking mandarin or if you heard it in german it's, whatever language you speak is just whatever It doesn't matter if the language is mm. this classroom or i don't know going through skydiving school like the the thing is is an abstract thing. What matters is that, are you getting that feeling? Are you getting satisfaction? Are you getting competence? Are you getting a challenge? And so for me, I think what is most important is pick something, pick a language. It doesn't matter because it doesn't matter if you experience what it feels like to be the best uh, teacher here. It doesn't matter if you feel like you're the best performer ever at Coachella. Best feeling is best feeling. It's the mm. same number of endorphins. It's the same serotonin mix. Oh, my God. It's that's all so the huge. same, right? It's just drugs, man. So pick your language that makes these drugs, these hormones go off and just ride with it. Ride that wave. The thing, there's no difference. It's, all, it's not the new one in the sun, man. So if your feeling of beauty is a woman in a bar at 4 a.m. or your feeling of beauty is Zion National Park, pick it, man, and roll with it. Same. Damn. Pick what makes you tick. Be happy you have a language in which you can feel God, feel that truth, and just walk it. Just It's, it's all the same. I dig that. That's why I lift weights. <laughs> and speak through weights. Yeah. Through who understands my language. Right? Yeah. I couldn't come in and connect to the students the way you do. I don't speak that language to make them feel those important things in life. But I speak the language of of lifting weights and that's why the people love me because i'm just a good person just like you're a good teacher to them it's really
0: Hmm. so
1: so that's why i can find peace when i'm out because it's like i got it all sure it was just one thing but i got everything i needed to i felt love i felt loss i felt grief i felt up i felt it all i had it all and sure it was in a gym but i got it or here or trail whatever whatever the fuck works man yeah surfing whatever do it right 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 yep
0: um can you talk about coaching i feel like a lot of uh, you know with social media people want to want to monetize biz yeah. and and you know we talked about being the anti-influencer of influencers and um how does and i guess we all both know the answer but like to be successful in the social media game is to just ultimately be yourself
1: sometimes yourself sucks
0: but, I think. It, but it doesn't it isn't it profound to share what sucks at times
1: no <laughs> to to show that you're human no i don't think so I don't, I don't i don't so this is probably the first pessimistic comment i have of the day cool um i don't think everyone needs to be sharing their life Ooh, on social okay media. um one of my favorite books is uh i'm trying to think which one resonates a little more with this topic The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand. Yeah, you mention her a lot. Dude, everyone should read her. Yeah, I haven't. Everyone should read her, man. Uh, In this book, more or less, it's fucking hours of reading. It probably took me months to finish this. But um, it's basically a book about a story that encompasses rational self-interest. She's smart. Like the Bible and like all great moral philosophers, she writes in story. That's how humans remember best. Um, And this, basically, book goes on and has the story of a young man who's an architect and goes through these challenges in life and he's not interested in people it's just the work and all these things and all these different characters and this guy's his name is Rourke and there's this one (laughs) there's this one part where he drops out of architect school or gets kicked out and the dean asks him like Rourke now that now that we're here alone like what do you think of me and he says I don't think of you at all like that's his response and it seems like to most people that is a rude and selfish person but to me, that line explains rational self-interest the most. Mm-hmm. Now, what I just said is a very philosophical way of what Gary Vee has been saying. Just do you. Who gives a fuck about anybody mm-hmm. else? Just do you, right? If you don't like something, you don't like it. If you like it, you like it. Um, and I think the pursuit of forcing someone to share is just wrong. Like, I've always, since I was six, I grew up with my brothers. If I... S- to this day, to this day, dude, if I see something, I'm like, my brother destroyed. Troy! Like, come look at this. Come here. And we la dude, that I've always have found new information and got excited about it and just shouted it. Social media just fits my archetype of mm-hmm. how I like to share and educate. Like I literally get off on finding things about this planet I didn't know, or I find interesting, and showing other people. Like I have oh God millions of group texts with different groups i share stuff like i love sharing stuff so social media is just a model that fits me Mm. at the same time twitter i struggled with this for a while i've always struggled with twitter i've never been able to successfully build a following on it i've never even tried to be totally honest with you to build a following on it the problem with twitter to me is that for me for me personally i am just i'm a thinker if I start building a tweet, it needs to have a looseness of, like, the person who likes the knee-jerk response, right? Mm-hmm. Who just likes to say stuff. Mm-hmm. Twitter is made for that person. I There's been at least two or three times in this podcast where I've took a pregnant pause for, like, an awkward five You can't second, do that. Yeah, you can't right? do that like, on Twitter. that's not what Twitter is for. So, Twitter just doesn't fit me. So, I've met people who are crushing it in what they do. They're just a very silent, a type, mathematical. T- like, why am I forcing them to get on social? That only takes away from what their strength is. So, I don't. I don't think that everyone needs to be on social, pushing out what they do. I think social media should fit your type of s- socializing that you like, and that's that, interesting. Yeah. And that's be- in what you do
0: aren't they concerned of branding and, and being top of mind? Like when, when they're trying to maybe obtain clients, you know, like, so, and so
1: I think that's the other thing too, right? It's like, sometimes s- if that's what you, if you want to obtain clients and be out in the world, then whatever your, I don't know, young in personality type is, you need to make sure you, f- you're finding those hacks to get, to get your voice out and to get yourself out. Um, there are some people who, I think, do genius level of work. For instance, let's take a genius. Albert Einstein. Okay. <laughs> right? Albert Einstein did a genius level of work. I think the world can agree on that. I think lots of, we've, lots of people have done a genius level of work. But Einstein being one of the more popular ones. Einstein. This dude had, like, a contract with his wife, who was also a relative of his, to, like, not talk to him certain hours a day. A contract, man. Wow. Like, not talk to him certain hours a day, to let him focus in certain times, and basically just to be an assistant for him to vessel his greatness. He was reclusive. He wasn't that, like, socially out there. He wasn't great at marketing. Einstein had a friend. Uh, I think his name was Emerson. I forgot his first, first name. His last name was Emerson. They kept a dialogue between each other during his life work. This dude, Emerson, was the more... Out there one. So basically, he was the cheerleader for Einstein. Oh. So if Einstein did something, Emerson would be like, yo, dude, I'm going to this conference. I, like, I'm going to go show them your stuff. And Einstein basically was more or less by him, by himself during a lot of his work. He was a terrible teacher. Like, he tried to teach for a little bit when he left for World War II and came to America. It didn't work out well. So they ended up just doing research. He was socially not great. So hmm. he basically outsourced another scientist who understood his work. And was his cheerleader for him. He didn't do it on purpose. They just had a good relationship that way. So if you're the type of person where you don't want to go and talk and shout and you want clients, you need to realize that marketing is an important part. And if your personality isn't that of a marketer, get someone to market for you. Because, dude, I'm telling you, I got an MBA and I went to marketing school. I went to school with loud mouths. Like, I went to to school with... (laughs) <laughs> the most arrogant ridiculous personality you can imagine yeah. in fact i was an introvert during most of my education compared mm. to them yeah. right and so i think there's plenty of ways to navigate the social media space and i think you don't ever need to feel like you need to change if you want to uh, for instance like two of my favorite influencers who are quite introverted uh ryan holiday and mark manson they write long form and they drop like yeah. once a year they drop like when they, or, when they release a book whenever Yeah. and they drop power man like and they drop like poof, like it's it, they're not going on on twitter every day no right but when you when they speak people are listening <sighs> similar to you similar to me yeah. right so i had to learn how to get out of that like chase all algorithm post every day yes type yeah, thing right right that, yeah they get stuck in a game and so i think i think it's like at some point Especially in your branding, you have to make sure that you own your brand and your brand doesn't own you. <sighs> you're not you're not a slave to. Oh shit, it's seven o'clock! I gotta post. Oh shit, blah, blah. like you know what I mean? Like I put up a post today. What's today's date? Is it easier said now that you're successful though? That I have money. Yeah. That I'm not even gonna say successful. That I have money. I will say money. Like when I, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be honest. I'll say the number. When my income first passed seventy-five thousand dollars, I stopped giving off fuck right, yeah. and i got better and just, just kept skyrocketing right like and it's just like it's nuts when you let go when you let go you get free right and when you get free like you can really be creative right and i feel like there's this weird and it's in like ec- like so i economics is for me like a model of all of life statistically so like the same the same way we kind of have uh the idea of like a, a poverty trap um so in economics for anyone to understand what a poverty trap is it's basically like um we have this thing called a poverty line which we hear about all the time for those who are below the poverty line i don't know where the poverty line is now i would say probably somewhere seventeen yeah, thousand dollars yeah something yeah. like yeah. that that basically means that you have enough money to just get by on the cheapest food the cheapest housing the cheapest clothing but You literally have no money to invest a a, a dollar. So uh, wealth in this country comes from investing. Basically, most people's investment in their lifetime is going to be a house. Mm -hmm. That's most people's main Mm -hmm. investment. If you buy a house for $100,000, even if it doesn't appreciate, you will pay into that investment. And when you leave, you'll get at least $100,000 back. Even if you don't make money. You didn't spend any money, Mm -hmm. right? You just had to be above that line enough with enough disposable cash to cushion you, to float. Um, And so, like, I think once you get above that line in followers, money, anything, you can start breathing and start really investing into anything you want to do in the way you want to do it. And so, like, there's an initial, I think, uh, amount of lack of control because you just want to get noticed. You just want to get just get your right. wings about you, right, right? right? And I think that part is that's very That's
0: a lot. That's the that's who we're talking to right now. Right. Okay. Um yeah. it's the come up, right? And and there's there's they're trying to make a name for themselves. Right. Right. And uh, the fact that they're going for it is great. Right? To take that leap. Because you you, you with your degrees, you c- you could fall back on a job downtown.
1: I guess. <laughs> I've never even had a resume.
0: And that's what I'm struggling with too. I've never worked in marketing or management or then business, don't. right? So, but here don't. I am getting
1: an MBA. It's like, then don't man, <laughs> fucking, then don't do it. Like I dude, I'm telling you. So for people who are in this beginning phase, getting your, right. I don't want to say cl- cloud up, name up, recognize the way that I did it. And I'm speaking to people of my personality, focus on good work. No one gives a shit how loud you are, how well-timed your algorithm is. No one cares what gas you... No one. What gets people fucking turned on is, holy shit, that's good. That's what people like. Whether it be music, whether it be science, whether it be a fucking doctor, people like good in the Western world. Spend your time being good. And here's the ironic part. It takes a while to get good. It takes a long time to get good. It takes a lot of really, really lack of confidence in it, right? People start off with so much confidence and they get on and they do this whole thing hey, you guys, what's up, YouTube? Today, we're going to... B- just, just, dude, it's like this fucking aura of, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm going to act like I know what I'm doing, right? Yeah, if yeah. you look... If, if anyone, if you go to my... My YouTube is the Natty Pro. If you go to some of my first videos that I ever put up on YouTube 10 years ago... I miss those. Don't look at them. <laughs> they were ridiculous. They were ridiculous. It was basically me with, like, a Sony Handycam, the old right, one, right, right. right? With the fucking four gigabyte memory card (laughs) (laughs) in my studio apartment in college uh, going on and on and on and on about how I feel about my contest prep like 17 minutes dude I just did it because I had nothing to lose sure enough I got good at that after a while I started getting good at that craft with sharing the content and when you talked about when you don't do it for a while, it's like you have to hop back on the bike it's weird, yeah. yeah. You kind of feel rusty, right? right? You're not as good. Right. And then if you don't do it for a while, you come back. And then, of course, you're out the algorithm, right? And then people... And then it's like, oh, people don't even really like my shit or something like that. No, it's it's the algorithm, you know? It's right. But it's it's just the algorithm. People love you, right? Like, that's one thing my girlfriend always tells me. She's like, people love you. Like, I have... I don't have confidence issues, but I have, like, confidence issues with who gives a fuck. Because I don't give a fuck about, about anybody else's stuff. Like... The only people who I really give a fuck about are, like, in my opinion, what I call, like, the gods, right? Like, uh, like Nietzsche, <laughs> what did you say? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, I look at, like, the guy, go- Like, that's who I chase, right? Okay. So anyone second place through one millionth, I don't give a fuck about. I just care about first place. Like, that's who I idolize myself after. And it's always been, oddly enough, if you're not that, your confidence is a bit low. So I can write something amazing. I'm like, this shit fucking sucks, right? So it's like in developing that good work Mm. and trying to come up, I think you have to, at some point, stop thinking what the audience wants and start focusing on what do I think is good, right? Because one thing Ayn Rand talks about in her philosophy in Rational Self-Interest is basically that... What's good for the individual is what's good for everybody. Mm. First, for, for example, these pictures of, of you hiking. Some person at all of these parks, it's always this one person. It's like the, the John Henry Trail or something like that. One dude, one woman, whoever went there first said, I think this is the path of least resistance for me. This is the trail that I'm going to follow.
0: John
1: <laughs> There you go. It's always some dude named John M H American. Americana. Yep, yeah. right? John Muir, John Muir, John Murr Trail, right? Yeah. This dude, this one dude, wasn't thinking about you. Wasn't thinking about the national park system that wasn't like this dude was like, I'm just gonna blaze this path that's best for me. Sure enough, that one individual, that path that was best for the individual, ended up being the best path for everyone, right? And that's good taste. Mm. That's good work. It's that do something. Like, when was the last time you actually impressed yourself, right? Like, that's what I aim to do in my work. It's like, if like if you're putting out shit and you're not impressed, you think someone else is going to be impressed, yeah. right? Like, my goal, my every day is, like, write something that, like, I like, right? I'm like, yo, that shit is good. If I think it's good, everyone's going to think it's good. Yeah. So in, in in my come up, in my initial phase... Stop doing the, hey, YouTube, like, that's just not good. You know it's not good. Stop talking like that. Like, find your own- Voice. Find what yeah, well, feels good to you, to the individual. Because if you can tap into that and be like, yo, that shit's
0: dope. And then indirectly, it will speak to the to Because the they'll think
1: it's dope. And like, you can't forget that, like, you are a person just like the audience, right? If one person says, this is fucking dope, me, right? If, like me. If, I was like, yo, your shit's dope, dude. I like it. I'm just one person, which means that you didn't do this by accident. You've figured this out and put in enough obsessive thought to get it good. Right? Mm -hmm. And you'll keep improving. And you'll keep improving over time. Um, and I really think that's really what it boils down to is making good work for yourself and just not giving a fuck about the audience. Just do I like it? Don't put out bad shit like you're not going to get away with it if you put out bad shit. You like you know you put this you put out something just out. Just a sprinkle in there, you know. It's been a while. So let me just uh, <laughs> <laughs> Right. You just play, let me just put a feel out there. Those feelers never work. Yeah. Put out dope shit and if you can get that in my opinion, that cathartic feeling with everything you do, with good work, with how you express yourself, with how you exercise, eat, you will get to your deathbed and just be like, oh, all right, get me the fuck out of here. I I did a great you know, I
0: hear that a lot from Gary V, but I, I like the way you put it. <laughs> it's just like, it's easier to say, like, you know, live with no regrets. But like when you're like, just take, I th- take me. I like.
1: think it's also I think it could be live with no regrets. And it could also be live with trying extremely hard at everything. Right. So it's not to the point where, you know, if there's a few dirty dishes, you're a stickler. But it's like, try. I mean, just be in a, a perpetual state of like, is this good? Like, dude, uh, down to the point where it's like, I'm not an A-type person at all, but I just like to push it. Like, can I hang my shirts and color code them? Just to push. Just to try something. I don't give a fuck if it's color code. It does. I'm not anal about it, but it's like, can I just try? Can mm-hmm. I try harder? And that's my that's my constant theme in life. It's like, can I try harder? Can I improve this? Because when I do try harder, I get that drug. I get that... Like my body rewards me like a fucking Pavlovian dog. It's like when I try hard and it comes through, I literally get like a fucking like a hit of like cocaine in my brain. It's like and so like I'm basically chasing that high through work. Right. Is it good? Is it good? Is it good? Is it good? And when it's good, dude, the high is incredible. Like, you know, when you do something good just the next day, you're just like, oh, or if you get like accepted in the school or like, dude, that high, like, that's what I'm chasing all the time doesn't matter if it's and they walking. come in various forms yeah every form yeah every I think form. that's what a lot including myself
0: don't understand sometimes you forget everything that, that they don't it doesn't have to be traditional or formal
1: everything man like how good are you watering those fucking plants if they're real you know they're not real they're not even mine I stole them. <laughs> there you go i try to do it with everything so it's like obviously you can't you can't be OCD about, you'd be OCD if you try to do a good job with everything. Some people do, right? But now they're a slave to it. My thing is just like, whatever I'm focusing on, whatever's right in front of me, the task at hand. Yeah. And dude, Buddhists have been talking about this for years, being in the present, right? We've, this is nothing new. It's just really trying to do a good job on your work and then also evaluating why you want to do it. So um, when you really get good at something, like by time... By time you are, you know, building your audience and you get to a point where you get to like, you know, that those 10,000, for me, 10,000 is that magic number in like for an influencer. When you get to that 10,000 subscribers, by time you will have gotten there, you have either done one or two things, completely sold yourself, right, as a joke, or sexually or, you know, something like completely just become, Oh a these yeah. These are some examples on, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah right. For sure, so for that's sure. one path to it. Yeah. And I think the other path to it, which I find more engaging is the path of man. I stop giving a fuck about the numbers. My interest is like, what's my lighting? Like, what's my uh, sound like? Like, what can I do and And if you just really focus on those small details, like the goodness of the work, you'll look up and like some months I'll work like, I'll just do. I'll just focus on work. I'll just do the best job I can, and then my accounting will be like, dude like we broke a record this month," and I have no idea mm-hmm. I even broke a sales record. Like, I'm like, "That's great," but my focus was do the best work, be as thorough, be as complete as possible. And I think doing good work is becoming this lost art because it's just the systems we live in, right? You can get an A in our institutions. You don't like. Your students can graduate and become professionals in their field from kindergarten all the way up to when they finish and never truly impress themselves with any of their work. They just got through the system. Um, So I feel like in this game of entrepreneurship and content and and like really trying to put yourself out there, um, it may be the first time that you have to impress yourself. And you will find that it's extremely hard, but it's not impossible. You can do it a lot. And in fact, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And to me, it's the best high. Of any drug I've ever had in my life, dude, is impressing myself. That shit feels fucking amazing. So, for instance, what would impress myself tonight? What would impress myself tonight is if me and you have an engaging day, you both feel good about it. I worked on the train, I'll work on the train back. If I can get to the gym, have a good workout, (laughs) do a little work, and here's the kicker, and shower before I go to bed. Because you feel like shit if you don't shower. Yo, Oh, yeah. Right? If I can do that, and if I get to bed at like 4 a.m., I will... Dude, that's a win. I impress myself. I didn't think you can pull that off, Ryan. Like, that's what I live for. I live for impressing myself. And I've gone into this little cave of impressing myself so much that sometimes I forget thousands of people are looking up to me as some role model. When, in fact, all you have to do is turn inward and you can be wow, that's terrible, as powerful as me, as, like, as powerful as anybody, right? right? Anybody we see with success, all they're doing is turning inward and impressing themselves. And when you do that, you create create a bit of an audience, right? I think about it as, like, when you go out and, like, the guy who, like, starts dancing, really, like, that sick shit, and it's like, he's just dancing, man. He's not trying to impress you, but you might attract a crowd by accident, Right. He's just really trying to feel himself. So I feel like to, in this country, the way you get it is by letting go of it. Don't try to be, grab the people. Don't try to be it. Be the best version you can. I mean, and everyone says this. The army has been saying this. Everyone has been saying yeah, this. Yeah. It's redundant. It is. But it's so redundant that it's ignored. <laughs> it's almost like, be yourself and drink water. The two most powerful <laughs> things you can do, we're not doing. And people aren't doing it. Yeah, It'll yeah, change yeah. your life. Like if right, you woke right, up right. and drank like, 25 ounces of water every morning. Your life would change radically, but we won't. It almost seems like it's too easy for us to do, to be yourself, right? It's, it's like, too easy. Like, we're – and, again, it's back to that phrase I kept saying. My ego is out of control. Like, is your ego so large that you refuse to believe that just drinking 20 ounces every morning will change your life? That's how big your ego is. No, it's got to be – I got to grind. I got to – Really, I'll be honest, I don't work that hard. Sure, maybe there's some days where, you know, it's 15 hours or something like that, but it's not hard. I'm just out here trying to impress Ryan, and I got got some low standards (laughs) mean? It's about showering and washing dishes for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's, you, man, because you said in another episode that, like, even though people look up to you, You're still fucking up left and right. You make mistakes left and right. Jesus, and all these all these profound posts are are just your your journals. Like you're 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 correcting your
1: own mistakes. Just fucking up. Yeah, I'm just one big fuck up, and I'm vulnerable, and I'm not afraid to admit it. But I don't. I think it's. But I think it's also too. Uh, like I have some girlfriends, female friends, I should say. Um, and they'll go on and complain about something. And they always say this to me, they're like, Can can you just listen? Can I just vent? And my answer is always no. Either figure it out or just shut up. Right? <laughs> like that's one thing I've always been very intolerant to is just venting. So in my post, in anything I put out, I feel like venting is just the most useless thing a person can do, right? It's like you're halfway there. Yeah. Like if you can vent, it's like This is in the fourth problem. Tools. Yeah solution right. right like like you're like you're halfway there exactly you're halfway there you're complaining venting. Right. venting is the first step it's good complaining is good get it out but don't just say oh i don't know you fucking are you insane like like that's one thing i it's going to keep, it's a circle. You're just going to keep coming back to it. It's a circle. So I, I think that's one thing that I just have never, never subscribed to is like, can I just fan? I've always wanted a huh. solution. Needless to say, right? In a r- romantic relationship. Exactly. You're
0: like I have, to. okay. Right. right.
1: <laughs> in a romantic relationship, right? Like it does, it does cause some bumpiness in the relationship because like, dude, sometimes like, I'm not going to lie. Like my girlfriend makes more money than me. Like she works more than me. Like she's a fucking hard worker some days after working for literally 13 hours she wakes up at like five and like comes home like she just wants to just like watch tv and talk about her day and i'm just like okay so why didn't you think about this or what would you say and she's like just shut up just listen and no i won't man i won't like i won't subscribe to that like people are always constantly trying to dim your light tell you to be less powerful tell you to think less i've had this my whole life right i would hang out like. Like, I was kind of, like, I guess like a jock and popular in high school, but I've always been this, right? So mm-hmm. it's, like, you will see the superficial image of me and you want to hang out with that guy or, and stuff like that. And then I would always talk to these girls and they would talk to me about their problems. And they would always say, this was when I was young, 15, 16, they would always be, like, you just think too much. And I would always, like, I would end a relationship with you if you told me I think too much. Like, you, you don't think enough. Like, I've always been very relentless about it, stubborn about, like, Don't stop thinking. Like, don't stop problem solving. And I think if there's one thing people will try to do with high levels of consciousness or thought is they dim it. They always try to dim thought. It's like literally, what's that book, George Orwell book, Pig Mm -hmm. Animal Farmer, 1984. It's like they're always trying to, the thought police. Mm -hmm. They're always trying to make you. Stay in line. Don't think, right? And so I think that's always been my thing with my posts and why they've been successful It's that. Problem solution. They're always problem solution. I'm not mm. just like this emotional feelsy, here's how I feel. No, it's practical. It's gotta be. It's gotta be, man. I wanna solve that problem and die and die good. That's my goal.
0: Yeah, I'm just I'm sick of like people that are just teaching others how to teach.
1: Yeah, right. Like what do you do? <sighs> like what do you do? Right? Like and that's the thing I kinda think that like we're getting into with social media. It's like people are trying to step into the position of teacher but it's like i don't even want to they haven't earned it it's not only like they haven't earned it but it's pure ego right like i remember like like when i first started doing seminars it's like 2012-13 uh i would always hear people say i want to i want to help people i want to empower people i want to change people and it comes back to that ayn rand philosophy have you empowered yourself? Hmm. Do you know how to empower yourself? Do you know how to change yourself? Right? It's like, it's egotistical to think that you can teach a black belt when you even haven't gotten your white belt yet. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's kind of like the subconscious, uh, sort of like the, that like mother superior complex that people have. It's like, how do I become, how do I gain power through uh, a nice way? So instead of just saying, I want power, I want to be powerful, right? The ego finds a way to be like, well, I want power, but I want to help, or I want to give, or I want to be like, you just want power, yeah, right? And like, the only thing, in my opinion, uh, is why I think we're living in interesting times right now. Um, Dude, I feel like power just doesn't give up, right? Meaning, like, if you look at what's going on in our country right now, you have in, and I'll be clear for if you haven't heard it by now, I'm a very moderate in terms of my US politics, right? I really, really, really like social programs and helping the low get up. And I really, really, really like also not like wasting money and just giving handouts. Um, hmm. I'm pro-business. Like I'm very like American. I like the best things of this country. Like, like, I'm not, excuse me, I'm not right. Definitely not a Republican, but I'm definitely not left either. Like I'm just Yang? Yang Gang, Yang <laughs> Gang. What Andrew? is that? Andrew Yang. Oh, I don't like that guy. Okay, <laughs> I don't like that guy. I don't like that guy. Okay, I don't. That's I don't a different. Like... That's a different conversation. Okay, so, and, so Andrew Yang. I will let me be clear. I don't know much about him or his platform, but uh, when I heard and I read on his site just his stances and then like universal basic income, um, I just disagreed whole heartedly. You don't just give people money? Dude. So, all right. Historically, if you look at, uh, the true, I think disenfranchised groups in America are, uh, poor white Southerners, um, black people and the native American, right? Those are the the true disenfranchised groups I think in America. Mm -hmm uh poor white people they've always been duped by these republicans like oh no you like vote for me you'll be rich one day and i'll take care of you keep, and I'm, why they keep falling for it God, right they <laughs> keep falling for it poor black people they keep falling for it all right and uh like everyone, all these disenfranchised groups basically are disenfranchised native americans cuz they keep falling for as trump would call it bad deals right so at least in my culture i think there's been one philosopher civil rights leader that has just gotten it on the head. And it's been Malcolm X. I have this Mal- Malcolm X tattoo. Oh, no way. Okay. Dude, Malcolm X basically had a f- philosophy other than his complete hatred in his young years of, like, white people calling him the devil and stuff, which he let that go in some time. White people are not the devil. Let me be clear. <laughs> <laughs> and I always have a joke. I'm like, have you ever been to a country without white people? You don't want to go there. Like, go to fucking Haiti. Go. Like, <laughs> you don't want to be... Like, we need... <laughs> Shacks. <laughs> no. But so... So anyways, he had this basically this philosophy where he said, like, uh, if you put the history together of disfranchised people, it's basically because they keep falling for uh, the tricks of the left. The tricks of the the liberal being like, oh, well, I'll go in. I, I, I'm loving because, like, I am rich and I have all these things, but I feel bad for you. So, you know, I'll give you a can of soup every now and then. And I'm good. And I get and I get to feel good about it. Right. Versus the far right, this is back in the fifties and sixties, right, like I I would rather have Donald Trump instead of like a Hillary Clinton type. Because at least Donald Trump will be like, Yeah, you're people, blah 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 and at least he puts me in a position to be like, I gotta help myself, right? I gotta do something myself, right? Versus the left who's like, Oh no, universal basic income. You're weak. You've came to this country as a as a slave. You had no choice. Uh you were a slave for Hundreds of years, 300 years. I think he wants to help move that poverty line. So here's here's what I'm getting to. Sure, sure. Right? You're slave for 400 years in this country, history of slavery. Literally, one day in like 1867, it's like, all right, none of you can read. There's millions of you. None of you have a power. None of you have money. But you know what? You can go free. Yeah. And not only can you go free, but I'm going to literally terrorize you for the next 100 years. Right? And so if you think about that progress of, obviously, what it takes to be millions of slaves, be terrorized and treated unfair for the next hundred years, and then in a hundred years you get civil rights, right? A million man marched for Martin Luther King a hundred years later. Even a hundred years in, let's say someone who was born 1967. If you were born in 1967, still, I am, I was born in 1987, I believe I am of the first black generation who is getting somewhat of a fair shake Mm. at 30 years old my age like i can walk into a bank and be like hey i want this loan right go one generation back my dad if my dad walked into a bank in 1984 in los angeles and was like hey i want this loan there's uh, there's still some racism going on right so it's like the story of the of the negro in america as Malcolm X put it is just basically one that's truly disenfranchised and to say i'm going to lift the poverty line How do you erase 400 years of the slave mentality in black folks? Like, because you're going to give us that, and all you're going to do is let us buy more Gucci and rims and shit with it, right? Give us that, but, like, how are you going to change us? Like, how are we going to empower ourselves? Which is why I look at other foreign groups, right? If you look at Asians who come to this country, East, West Asia, doesn't matter. Sure, they might come here and force their kids to fucking be doctors, Mm -hmm. but... At least they, ha- they have some sense of themselves there's there's a lot of and i'm sh- you've
0: probably heard of a couple like a lot of good groups that are in those areas of chicago yeah. that are empowering the their own communities
1: and dude that's the that's the, from the, the inside only you way ha- it's the only way it's relatable so if the left right continues to say don't worry We got you. Universal basic income. We'll get you up. We'll do these things. Like, the only way for a disenfranchised group to bring themselves up is from leaders on the inside and to have role models of our own, which is why, dude, like, I can't lie. Like, Jay-Z is one of the most important people to me, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Like, to see that. It's like, I've seen it a million times with white people or women or anybody. I've seen a lot of people go to it. But for me. To see Jay-Z or Oprah. Or Tyler Perry. To, 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 to me, it's like I know it sounds nuts, but it's like I can do that? I literally I I, I still think that to this day. Like Jay Z is a billionaire, and I'm like literally when that happened, I was like, I wanna I wanna have a million dollars worth of property in the next ten years. Like that like I didn't even I knew I could do it, but I didn't I didn't know. Right. It's like it's a psychological Chain, right? Yeah, and if you give us universal basic income, Mm. sure, maybe there will be. Let me be clear I am a hundred percent from a third world country, like my genetics purely right. This brain, this IQ, which is largely genetic, I'm there's one of me's there now, millions of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. lots of them, right? So it's like, let's say that you have a million impoverished people, and then you have, I'm just using me for example. And out of that million, you have 3,000 me's and you give them universal basic income. You dim the light of 3,000 of our future leaders because it's like you give us that income, we start believing and waiting on your handout. And it's just kind of, a, it's a new way to keep poor white people, disenfranchised groups at the bottom. Like I think what will happen if you underst- if you if, if you understand the economy of things, they will initially come up out of that Poverty cycle right but very few for what the money is worth i think to america is not worth it i think it's better to take that same money for universal basic income and as you've been working at ufc you want you know the city pretty well dude just give us some legit community centers with full time staff open till two in the morning sometime for like give there, like there was a previous alderman in chicago um he was running
0: for treasurer amea Pawar, he's a huge supporter of public banks and i think uh-huh. you mentioned in another episode how um there no one's giving out
1: loans like that that's the only way to come up you know yep absolutely absolutely dude so i feel like this is not just about black people it's just the story i know and well, the lens i speak through but for you to be truly empowered uh more handouts don't no, yeah. help it's scary i mean it, but his
0: thinking comes from Uh, jobs being wiped away from automation. So then
1: in turn, you do have to re-educate these people that are losing their jobs. Absolutely. And I think it's a good point in theory, just like I think the Communist Manifesto, I think it's one of the best ideas of government I've ever read, but there's been not to date one successful communist government really and truly, right? Like Russia is the biggest one, their government's falling apart. Hong Kong is currently turning up on China. Hong Kong is, to be real, Hong Kong is the hub of China's success. Mm. If it weren't for that small capitalist loophole, China wouldn't have the trade and freedom to do what it does, right? Like Mm. Hong Kong's kind of like the center place. So again, like China is a booming communist country, but it has that little capitalist spot, right? Same thing with Singapore and these little weird places that of capitalism that you can really get a chance. So I think where my arguments on universal basic income are still negated is that we don't need average people for what's most important to the American life. We need, per generation, one Jeff Bezos. We just need one. And that one will go so far, he'll be so extremely rich, that he will motivate an entire generation of millions of people to chase that one. So I think the idea in America is that, like, One person needs to be so unnaturally talented that if you dim their light too early on by saying, like, all right, well, if you do automation and get super innovative, we're going to punish you by taking out a bunch of your money from a tech company or something like that. I think the idea of punishing people's money in America, no matter how much you make, it's just it's a it's a terrible idea. Um, The truth is these people don't need more money. Right, they don't need to be richer, but at the same time, let's say you were genetically born uh, as a mathematical genius and you worked hard and you were Bill Gates. Right, how would you feel that if you dedicated your life to something and then the government was just like, Hey, we're gonna take all of your work and forcefully take a lot more of your money and distribute it off to people and not only? Or we're gonna take it, but you have no say in how it's gonna be managed. Mind you, the person telling you that's this the scary part. The person telling you this is some fucking senator who makes sixty thousand dollars a year who doesn't even know what you do. That's scary. Um, but I on the on the other side, mm-hmm. they can afford to loot they can afford to be taxed. Who are you to say that as an American? That's my that's my Republican in me. It's like who are you like so as of Ryan, I agree. I can afford to be taxed, I got more than enough money. But is it my right to tell someone what to do with their money unfair so it's like if they so if they can afford to be taxed more Mm -hmm. i can afford to be taxed more too right like why not right and this is where it gets into this weird socialist blur it's like why are we cherry picking out our best like shouldn't we be encouraging our michael jordans but to the point where they're they're still well like we're talking millions of dollars per hour i have a i have a friend uh audi audi cool he's he's one of the smartest people in finance i ever met the last time i saw him i was in new york i was at madison square garden and he dude the middle of the day (laughs) man he's like ryan like he saw me and we had lunch dude oh that's nuts. what are the chances right right what are the chances so he's one of the smartest guys i know he works for his initial job was with ibm doing something nuts um and he's rich he's got a lot of money and this was when i was in de novo still mm-hmm. and, and i knew what de novo was doing and the amount of money that i saw i would always i remember i used to want to be a millionaire and then i thought like for what like what am i gonna do with all this right and i've since then have kind of accepted like i don't want to manage that much money in my life like i know how hard i want to work how much i want to make and things like that and audie's thing uh he grew up uh indian dad surgeon one of the best and what he does you know those weird surgeons who make millions and right general. right um and he mismakes dollars. And I, and I asked him that day, I was like, why do you want more money? What is it? And he was like, think about it like this. He was like, where you're at financially, you're thinking about yourself. He was like, when you start getting into the tens of millions, you have influence. He was like, let's say you see something on the news you don't like. He was like, what do you do about it? He was like, I have $10 million. I can go to my local government and change it. And he was like, with money comes a different type of power, right? And so... Let's say we have a champion like Warren Buffett, who's our Michael Jordan, and Bill Gates. They can be taxed more. They can stand to be taxed more. But what they've decided to do on their own is give up half of their fortune to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And they're damn near eradicating Polo, eradicating uh, bad sewage, sanitation, facing the energy issue. So it's like Mm. you let them decide. You let the same way Darwin said you let evolution do its thing don't be because here's the thing you're gonna get rockefellers right you're just gonna get bad rich people right that's just gonna you're gonna get greedy bad rich people but we might get a Mike. we might get an mj we might get our champion so it's like with elon musk dude i shouldn't say well elon you know you got a lot of automation now i gotta punish you i don't want to make elon bitter for with his power of his money. I also don't want to tread lightly and be afraid of him, right? And say, do whatever you want. I don't think, as Bernie Sanders makes a good point, rich people shouldn't do whatever they want. But I think at the same time, we should, us, we should stop seeing, you don't need more money. Sure, they don't need more money. But what if this person, like Elon Musk, was like, yeah, I just want to make PayPal, and what if we just clipped his wings on PayPal, right? Mm. He took all that PayPal cash and went on and do Tesla. He took all that Tesla cash and went on to do SpaceX. He, he dude, this, interesting, right? Yeah. The, the U.S. space yeah. program was dead. So I think if you let the rich be productive, you tax them properly, right? We will make more than enough money, I think, as a country off the rich. But I think to forcefully say, but, but I think. Correct me from wrong like we're not taxing them appropriately you can't right so that's okay. so so and that's the sort of the problem is okay. that you can't tax them properly because it, it comes down to a catch me if you can game like the irs like uh, like we're saying so the problem i think with our taxation system is that some the u.s government always gets this money right in one way or another so even if you say somebody like amazon right one of the most successful companies in the united states uh, and then, like, there's this big thing where Amazon basically didn't pay any taxes, right? Yeah. Amazon didn't pay any taxes. Amazon paid its employees. All of them paid taxes. Even if Amazon took that bank and put it in the Cayman Islands somewhere or something like that, eventually, if this came. is, if this right, even if it's, like, tax, it wasn't taxed at the time, eventually, even if this money is just in the Cayman Islands, over the next 300 years of the Bezos royalty generation they're going to slowly take money out of there and purchase u.s products and those companies will pay tax on that income so income get tax oh it always gets taxed there's Mm -hmm. no like the only guarantee in life or death and taxes now who pays the taxes you can evade those but someone ultimately economically will pay those taxes taxes always get paid that's unfair right Right. the company that made that money should pay those taxes Right, they're just making someone else passing through. Right, passenger tax. So th- th-
0: I think that's my hang up. That's that's the thing. Unfair.
1: Yeah, but the other, the issue with but that. I agree with the productivity. But I think the issue with that is goes to a stemmer uh, stems to a larger institutional issue in government, which is that you. Let's just say, for the sake of example, uh, in America we rank talent talent A through F. Um, let's just say, me and you. We are somewhere in our potential B-plus through A-minus players in America. The problem with B-plus through A-minus players is that in these hours I've been here with you, not one of us in our great minds has mentioned going into politics and helping out this country. We want to work in the private sector. We want to do something else. I think the problem with politics, the pay structure, and the incentive structure, it's only attracting C, D-plus talent. Mm. No one wants to be a politician no one that's smart all these people you talk no one's smart wants to be a politician what about andrew yang what is andrew yang is a politician after being that's what i'm saying after after from the private sector exactly and so is donald trump right oh god yeah all of them right so if you look at like so so if you look at barack obama barack obama's a fucking lawyer with the harvard man right right, like he got his rocks off he made some like you know what i mean so it's like all of these people, Michelle Obama even worked at a law firm. Like, so all of these people who are in politics, they start off great. They go and get that money. And if you punish people too harshly, they're like, fuck that government. I'm never going to work What's for the them. What's the point? What's the point? So I think we need to find a weird balance with, if you look at politics, at least in the sense of like, uh, who runs for office. Sure. Maybe the elected officials after time run for office. But if you go to Washington, D.C., it's those same post office-like employees Mm -hmm. running the IRS. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, who wants to work at the IRS when you can work at fucking Goldman Sachs? Mm. Who the fuck? You know what I mean? So it's like, I personally think we should pay our politicians a lot more. We should pay our teachers a lot more. They'd be less susceptible to bribes, to corruption. Because, like, go fuck it. Dude, if if, if somebody was like, hey, man... If you go and be a state senator, you can make $160,000. You think I wouldn't run for that? Mm. Right? But if you tell me I'm going to make $70,000 and wear a shitty suit with Dick Durbin, I don't want to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Right? I can run circles around that. So I I think some things just come down economically with our system. Like if I were laced with some cash... Maybe I'd be less corrupt. Maybe I'd be more. And the only reason Andrew Yang can go out there and speak his heart out, only reason Trump can go out there and speak his heart out, whatever his version is, because he's already rich. And that's what I was saying earlier. A certain amount of money, you just don't give a fuck anymore. Right? So it's like... Yeah, you can buy the Washington Post. (laughs) You can buy the Washington Post. (laughs) And then have the president complain about it every week. So, yeah, I I think that's a dilemma. It's like, how do we get more... Not only into elected office. How do we get more talent into the public? That's funny. Yeah. Good. Period. I mean, that's why I left. I left my paramedic job because I was making eleven an hour for saving lives. Seriously, yeah. you got to be shitting me. Yeah. So
0: yeah, if there was more money in the public sector, for sure. I, that's,
1: for saving lives. Yeah, that's nuts, man. Average, uh, and that's below average. Average is like fifteen an hour. Get out of here! Yeah. How is that even possible? Yeah, dude, and then it's not like it's not big business. These ambulance rides. Nope, they're making their dough. They're making their dough to An ambulance, an ambulance itself is expensive. Hmm. I lo- I was looking. I was looking. I was randomly like looking up like Los Angeles's budget one year, and I saw they bought a few ambulances. <laughs> they're damn near like two million dollars in ambulance. And I think is that stock? I mean, stocked, unstocked, all that that's stuff. You decked, know? That's that. Oh my God. Decked out. Yeah. Right. It's two million. Versus if you just bought that van plane <laughs> Used, like, <laughs> drove from michigan yeah
0: yeah i hear you wow yeah. we covered a wide wide range of topics i dig it yeah i
1: hardly talked about uh working out but i guess that's kind of <laughs> again because <laughs> as it goes to my opening statement All right i i don't identify much that's as a person in fitness because i have so many other things i think about and write about and go on about and i just every day at like one o'clock or noon i'm like oh i'm gonna go work out i'll be back was there a point where you struggled to get clients? No. No? Okay. Um is because you built a brand so well early on. I early. held out I held out on Before Fortis. I turned down an insane amount of oh, okay, work okay. and clients and things like that. Okay. I never wanted to coach um while I was in school, I didn't want to coach. You know, yeah, maybe I would take that's like that overcommitment and leading to undercommitment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. I love the whole segment. Yeah. Yep. yep. So I never wanted to I just I just like I said when I do something I want to like uh, nothing I don't get anxiety or stress much unless I'm doing a bad job. Like if mm. my day is going bad, I can I'm just an unpleasant person to be not unpleasant, but a very quiet person to be around. Like today You're I will up. funk. Yeah, I'm just quiet. I'm just trying to focus. Like I'm trying to get I'm trying to like I said, impress myself. Mm. And then once I feel like I impress myself I can start opening up. It's like, I almost feel like I don't deserve the talk until like I'm doing a good job and it could be anything. Right. It could be like, uh, so today I had to me and my girlfriend, we bought this like dolly literally for furniture and shit. I had to figure out in the, in the condo where to put that, do some Amazon returns, do some other shit for like my, my, my nephew and some other work things. And like, they're not big or hard or challenging things, but I wouldn't, my day just felt like until you do a good job on that, I won't feel in the mood to like relax okay. or talk or anything. That's probably a bad habit of mine to be totally honest with you. It's like a you can feel good when you earn it type thing.
0: Yeah, but I think you also re- are good about realizing what's important to be good at and what what you can let go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which is mostly luck, right? That's just my personality. I I was, that was how I was nurtured, right? I come from a Caribbean family, a very laissez-faire do as you please. Like how we celebrate everything is by, you know, 200 family members packed in a basement on the south side drinking and eating and dancing. And that's to me, that's a f- regular get together. Yeah. A f- great time. So uh, I never had a very like super structured churchy family or anything like that. You know, you go turn up, drink, go to church for like an hour and repeat. Right. Like I grew up very loose. Yeah, very loose and very fun. So, um, luck mostly yeah. luck. My relaxed personality, man.
0: You said you are currently working on a book, and you are kind of putting feelers out here and there on the gram. Yeah, um, is there a deadline timeline? or just kind of laissez faire. Fair it with gets it long.
1: It it gets harder. Uh, so the book is right now. I think. So I'll tell you how, kind of how it started. I wanted to write a memoir, and in some ways, I am still writing. I shouldn't say a memoir. I should say a manifesto. Basically like if, if Ryan were a stance or a political party or a, a outlook of all these things I've talked about today, like all these things I've agreed that I, that I identify with, what are all of those things? Um, one time I was, this is actually how Forrest started. I was going somewhere. I think I was flying to Las Vegas from Los Angeles. So mm-hmm. a, a very short flight. Um, and i was sitting next to this dude who's like an up-and-coming mma fighter or, so, or ufc or something like that um and he was dumb as a fucking box of rocks but good that's what it takes to be an athlete sometimes just fucking be dumb and just do it right just float mm-hmm. um and he kept saying like yeah man you know just and we kept talking about sports and stuff and he's like some guys like they just don't have it they don't got it right they just don't have it this is end of january i am flying to vegas dead season right this is me and this guy he's like this don't got it and he kept saying it have it got it and i just started writing that day and i was like what is it what is the it factor what is it and then i kept writing what are the components of it sort of in like um i don't know like a logic truth axiom type way like what makes up it because mm. when we say it you do something with your He's like he's just got it right we can't say it orally, so we do something. We're like, "He's got Johnny. that," you know. Like you, that's how limiting language can be sometimes, and it's very limiting, yeah. right? And I think what I do better than anything, in at least for social Just media, put it into words. I take that feeling and I put it in the words, yep. which is what my gods have done for me. Okay, my Nietzsche's right, right. my Malcolm X. It, like, right. they take that feeling and put it in words, and to me, there's nothing better than that. Right, and then for people to translate your words in other languages, it's it's nuts to me. That that to me is the great feeling. I've always enjoyed that, whether it be orally or writing. But I've never again. I like I never considered myself an entrepreneur. I just kind of started doing it. I never considered myself a bodybuilder. I just needed. I was just filling a gap. That's what writing has become. So I came home, and I I made this like kind of binder. Like my graphic designer helped me. I basically told her like the components of my life. Uh, so it's this binder I have. And um, it has like, I call it the department folder. It's like, it's this what it's like accounting, finance, Fortis stuff, client stuff, personal life. And it's like, literally, I have to part, I have a department for every piece of my life. And then I have a few sheets on there. One's like an open sheet where I can write openly on that topic, mm-hmm. just get it out and figure out what I need to do. Then I have another problem solving sheet. It's like, current tasks, future tasks. And then here's an important part. It's what needs to be done. Where are you stuck? What help do you need? Right. And whether this is personal, right. Whether it's like, I'm trying to like sell a bike or something and I'm not doing it. So excuse me, I'll write out why you're not doing it. And I'll just write, I'll write myself through it. Right. And so I've always been able to get that emotion out. So I was doing that. And then I got to a point where I got to, I have a content one. I'm writing content. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'd like to create a, I started on my phone. I was like, what are the things I like talking about? So I was like, all right, self-responsibility and all these topics. What like, and I kept growing on the it thing. Like what makes it turns out it's like hundreds of things. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot. It's quite a lot. I didn't think it would have that much depth to it. Um, and that day I went to Vegas. Like I went, like I was. With, it was my friend's birthday, and I just literally took out my phone, and I just was like writing, and then like sometimes I'll just switch to doodling and stuff like that, and then I just wrote like the chevron and like F E Q, and I just drew out like oh, what. Yeah. Current, I, oh yeah! Oh, I didn't. I didn't notice that. Okay. I, that's what the current nice. Ford E Q lo- logo yeah. is, right? Yeah. And so it's like, to me, Ford is like so. So one. I got Fortis was basically like the name of a test product we had in DeNovo. It's okay. so like you would have a, a product and like before it got its name, sure. you'd call it something, right? right? So there's one product called Fortis and I loved it. I wanted it to be the main name, but it ended up being like, it was Utopia, I think, actually. Okay, cool. Like that, right? and, then, and I wanted I love that name so much. Um, Fortis is just Latin for strength or strong mm-hmm. or whatever. And so uh, before th- that new DeNovo product came out and we changed the name, um, we were playing a lot of chess in de novo like just amongst each other Mm -hmm. uh and chess was like to me a game of life i don't know if you ever played chess Mm -hmm. um and it's just really you can see who someone is through chess it's like the next it's 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 like a conversation without having a conversation Mm. um and i really liked it and at the time we were playing a lot of chess and my grandma passed i've only had i'm i've come from a caribbean family where it's like (sighs) there's no like like you were telling me about your parents like uh the way kind of like the relationship is and things like that in the caribbean world dude like there's no fathers the mothers are the fathers and like there's no complaint it's Mm. just the way it's like everyone's happy too right Mm. it's like you might have someone who's like uh you might have a cousin and their dad has never been part of the family never got married never anything Forty years later, this guy's still coming around. He's family, basically. Like that's that's how Caribbeans roll. Cool. And so, like, I've always felt, um, I guess, that kind of way, like, kind of how I feel towards like family and people. I've always sort of applied that to this way I want to say it, kind of like what I do in the, I guess, in the flow of, I want to say creativity, but that's the word I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with. So, so, anyways. Um, I don't want to get off topic. Getting back to kind of like this content thing, I wanted to make a content folder, which had all the topics of it, right, stemming from this and everything. Um, And so, like, I feel like I was thinking, like, all right, well, like, what am I doing? What am I doing with this content? And basically, Fortis represented uh, what I feel was like the queen piece of like the chessboard. Right. So like I got this I literally I got a tattoo right here. It's like a queen piece. Because the queen piece okay. is like the most and it says Fortis on the bottom. It's the most like the feminine, versatile, yeah. Versatile. Oh, okay. And it's at like that feminine power, right? It's like it can move as it wants, but you don't move it. It's not it's not premature, mm-hmm. you know, it's like it's it's reserved, like and, and I love and I loved it. Um and so I kinda of felt like if there's anything that describes the approach to how an athlete should be in life, it should be that queen piece. Like it's strong but not brute. Uh, It moves diagonally, forward, backwards. If it fucking wants, it does whatever it wants. It's powerful. It's revered. And I felt like that's how an athlete should be. So I started putting all these things between uh, sort of like what I was learning from chess, the game, what I've learned from my gods, my masters, I call them. And then this conversation with this random dude. And I started just writing everything that 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 I've thought about in my life in and putting it into categories um and i wanted it to just basically be in a way to organize content and i kept writing it and the more i kept writing it the more i was like i should just put this out i should put out everything put out i want to put out every thought i've ever had and so right now what i'm doing is data collection i'm going through all my old Mm -hmm. posts and all every philosophy i've ever said every writing i've ever written I'm basically saying, like, okay, this post was from something, 2014, something. This fits the category of uh, wow. commitment. This fits the. Ca- and so I'm just piecing together all these things that make up it, that mm-hmm. it factor for an athlete, that like mindset, I guess you can call it. Um, and I'm putting them all together. And I want to write, my goal was to write something like a, a sort of a meat and potatoes book um yeah you mentioned like ryan holiday or yeah, no mark manson yeah i really yeah, like yeah. the idea but i'm just writing man and i'm not even and it's so I, I i want to my goal with this is again like i was saying earlier i don't have a number that i don't have a date or timeline when i wanted to come out i don't have a goal with publishing i don't have um a financial goal with it i don't need the money you know um it's liberating Dude, I want to be able to put this out and say, "This is my life's work of thought, especially through my language of barbell." And I want to put it out, and I want to feel like that feeling, like I can die, I'm good. Like um, Bobby
0: Hundreds. Are is you that familiar? So he he's in in Cali. He's kind of he's built a streetwear empire um called the hundreds and these days like they, i've heard of the brand yeah so um he just he wrote a book he just finished i don't know if he finished it but he was on a book tour mm-hmm. um and then he has a pot so the book is called this is not a t-shirt and it's the book goes into just like this episode goes into so much more than streetwear it's right. it's his memoir right. essentially um and he, i see a lot of uh Connections between between you two, and like you said earlier, it's just choose your vessel, and you'll you'll yeah you'll communicate. There's so many common threads even between. I've
1: only done like 30 guests, like I've I've been noticing so many. It's all the same. It's all it's all the same through a different medium. Yeah, right. And so like when I see, you know, like Bobby Hundreds, right? Is his name? Mm -hmm. When I when I hear about stuff like that, I'm inspired beyond belief. Because I see a person who has walked in my shoes, but is probably, you know, maybe 4,000 days ahead of me in that path of getting that out and figure like, you know, and so it's like, I'm on the same path, but I'm just a bit behind. So it's like, when I stumble upon all these, all these random paths that I have in career and things in life, I try to attach myself to people who have done good work, whether I can meet them or not, um, and just... Mind jam. what do you say? Mind jam. Lock, man. Lock, right? So so I don't really... So this, like this conversation, after having this conversation with you, I probably won't have a conversation in depth like this with anybody for another two months, three months. Because I feel like people talk too much. That's one thing I learned from California is that when I was in LA, people fucking talk so fucking much, dude, right? Like you don't know the difference because one... You are you've done your work here in an environment of Midwestern hard work, wake up, do the thing, work late. Like, there's a culture ingrained in Chicago in the Midwest of, of getting it done. Work, yeah. Um, and then also, to just having, you know, Asian parents. Like, that you, you work, you do this. Like, so you don't really know, you don't know laziness. You know procrastination, but you don't know what it means to be lazy. You mm-hmm. think you know sometimes. Go to L.A., man. You know that I've never seen laziness like the people in a dude like you go to these places, you go to dinners, dude, and people just talk. They do so much talking and it's just overwhelming. How do you live, isn't it, isn't it like expensive to live there? Like how That's do you what I'm trying to live? figure out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've been <laughs> trying to figure out, dude. Like I'm not and seriously. Like like you meet these like so I area I lived in, I lived in Redondo Beach just like for example, right? Like a a the house that I was in uh, three-bedroom, um, maybe 1,600 square feet condo, $1 million. Jeez. $1 million, man, right? And this isn't, like, the heart of downtown. This is just yeah. a beach. Yeah. It's, just like, two streets away from, from the coast. So I would meet these surfers, and I'd be like,
0: what? how are you pulling this? What are you, the fuck are you guys doing? So
1: basically, and what I've learned about people in California is that they, a lot of people, are they have foregone Southern California. They have foregone everything in terms of financial stability to live that California lifestyle, mm. and I admire it because it's like I would meet these kids who like the whole shit, dude. Like they they literally skateboard to get the places. They wear their vans, they're smoking, like, and I'm like, you are about that life, and you're about it to the end, like respect, Good for you. right? So every now and then they surf, they skate. And then they go, you know, work a odd plumber job here and there. And they're really living this liberal life out It's amazing. And th- that's what Gary's all about. It's just, like, finding your self-awareness. Like, it's amazing. Find it, yeah. It's amazing. But it's a lot of talk out there, a lot of talk. Okay. And, I, and that's why you, sometimes you hear celebrities who say, like, yeah, I had, to, I had to get out of L.A. Like, that happened to me. I felt like I got to a point where, like, the social circle um, that I did create, a lot of my favorite people, you know, like... Um, like influences like make squats and stuff like that. I really, I really like because she's from Ohio, mm. right? So everyone I liked in California was from <laughs> <That's> Midwest, <laughs> right? <laughs> like they worked hard and did, right. and like so it got to right. the point where I was like, man, I just I either know, need to go back home or New York or something like that. So, um, so yeah, I just feel like uh, my stance on on work is like, again, work isn't something for me about like. It is about the money, but it isn't about the money or, or popularity or clout. Like, because I'm from here, the work is my drug. I almost feel like a, a foreman. Like, how 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 good is my carpentry, right? That's how I feel about my work. It's like my drug to give me my good feeling for the day, to give me my day satisfaction, is in good work. It's not about money or anything. It's just I'm, I'm addicted to working, to doing good work, to doing a good, like, I want, to, I want this to be I want you to leave me was like, one of the best fucking podcasts I ever did, right? Mm-hmm. Like I I am addicted to just good work. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel good. So um that's what I want with the book. I want to mm. just make it good for me. And sometimes the danger in that is that you can be like for instance someone someone popular in history like that. Um Leonardo da Vinci. Like I when I was in Florence, Italy, I went to his museum more or less, right? That's where like that was like the epicenter with, like, the Medici family who basically, like, started medicine, you know? Like, it's, it's insane. Yeah. When you cor- turn the corner to see David, <laughs> yeah. yo, I'm like, Whoa. It's an insane place, right? And so, like, I saw all these natural things he did. And then you would see some of his work and writing and stuff like that. And he basically, uh, like, the Da Vinci Code, he was so, like, on another level. He would write things in a shorthand, like, we all have shorthand and stuff that we do, his was so in-depth that, like, people still can't figure it out, literally, they're like, they're talking about this Da Vinci like, his shorthand was so, he was so, to his own genius, and his work was so good, that almost nobody got it, right, it was like, like, Vincent Van Gogh, in his time, his work was so good that he died poor, like, Mozart and things like that, right, like, sometimes your work can be so good to yourself that no one fucks with it, so I think that's where I'm at right now with this book. It's like... You know who I think? I'm sorry. Frank Yang. Dude. Fuck. Dude. Fuck. <laughs> I don't think people appreciate what he did with Holy that medium. Holy shit. I don't think people appreciate what he did with that medium of YouTube, dude. That 360 camera is a game changer for him. Oh, my God. Dude, and the, dude, he was just... Like, Frank Yang... I don't know if you're a fan of, like, Tim and Eric, the comedians. Yeah, we're going to the show. <laughs> You're going? I, I bought tickets for my for my buddy's birthday. I'll be I'll I be got there. the tickets are on my table, dude. So I'm I'm going to the. It's man. I mean, attendance is mandatory. You know what I mean? <laughs> you gotta go. So like, my girlfriend hates it, right? She's so like I said practical. She's like, this is not funny. Right, like, right. I like that I can go, like something like Tim and Eric. I like that their work is so good that like, I can feel uncomfortable, not sure if I'm supposed to be laughing or like. I like that challenge in what they're putting out. Like I like their challenge in mm-hmm, that work. Like mm-hmm. you go see uh, someone much simpler, like a regular stand-up comedian. You almost like program to win the last. Like you know when? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. Which is a good. It was good. Okay. L- LA one was good. It's all good. Nothing yeah. wrong. Nothing wrong. <laughs> Joe with Rogan. It. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Not, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. But I I think sometimes you can be so Da Vinci, so Van Gogh in your work that. You get that catharsis that this is good, but no one gets it.
0: Dave Chappelle is a good balance.
1: And my goal in my work is to question what you should laugh at, dude. It's, it's, it's deeper than just reps and sets to me. Mm-hmm. Just like it's deeper than just laughs. And like, how can I put my philosophy and covered in an applesauce of jokes yeah, or weights or whatever you do, yeah, right? Take your thing. And covered in entertainment, right? And if you look at, I forgot his name, Zig Ziglar, right? He was like the first Gary V. Um, so, yeah, I, he he's was old school. Okay, okay. He was, old, he was like the first. He was like the first Mark Tony Mark Robbins, the first okay. Gary Vee, Like Mark, like the whole deal. He was yeah. like one of the first of those, one of our greats, right? Sure. How to do this thing. Um, and one thing he always would say, he was like, and he was an old school Southern guy. He had charisma. He was funny. He was smart. And like he knew how to mix a punchline. And this is, like, old shit. You know what I mean? Like, he knew how to capture an audience. Like, it can't be all serious. Like, Jordan Peterson, for instance. As much as I like Jordan Peterson, he's so damn serious. Like, He's he's, like, just, like, fucking laser vision. Serious. And it's, like, he would capture... He doesn't have to. He would capture a much larger audience if he made people laugh a little bit. If he made people feel positive energy a little bit, right? Like, that's what... I think good work is it's that how do you take Nietzsche and put it in like a Christmas box yeah. right just not a fucking old dusty book of thus books that are thustra fucking that thick right, right, but like right, right. how do we remix this thing you know what i mean like right. how do you take it's, but then you go back to i'm sure
0: Jordan Pearson's impressing himself you know he's like impressing himself exactly and so i think that right, and
1: and so i think that's also an important thing for people to, to realize in what you're doing with your work do you want to make markets happy or do you want to be a purist right so i i God, I, for, I forget i forget the name of the guy but anyways um he was a mathematician uh in some country i should i should have my facts straight. but anyways uh plus some plus something, or something like that i forgot it I got his name one. but anyways he was one of these old math dudes he used to go to the beach, right? They didn't have paper and he would write math problems in in the sand, right? And this was a long time ago. This dude was such a purist in his work that there was basically a warning from the Roman soldiers wherever he lived that was like, "Hey, we're on lockdown. Nobody go outside today. If you go outside, we're going to kill you." This dude was such a purist that he still went to the beach and did his math and the Roman soldiers were like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" And he didn't even have the social skills to communicate, like, I'm a great mathematician. Like, and they killed him right there, right? So I forget his name. It's like, it's got a PL something in it. Placentia? No, no, dude. I do no, know. Fucking no. up. But, but anyways, you can search it and you can hear the story. And it's a heartbreaking story. It's that this dude was such a mathematician purist that, that he was such a purist that he didn't pay attention To the basic social rules of life so he so you don't get killed right um and i feel like that's the decision that a lot of people who want to be influencers or put their stuff out there have to do it's like when you talk about what's your niche i think it starts with how pure do you want the work to be so for for me when i write personally it's like fucking only you and nerds and dweebs want to read my initial writing but when i put it out to the public I got to put some applesauce on it because I want to make money. I want it to be digested. I don't want it to be Da Vinci shorthand. Like mm-hmm. I actually want, I put a, I put a little beat on it and I rap to it. Or I could do just do some deep Shakespeare shit, right? right. Or you can rap it a little bit. Like you pick how pure you want it to be. So I don't want to be such a generalist where I'm like, What's up, guys? Today we're, right? I don't want to do that, but I also don't want to be on some hear you, hear you type four-score right. right, Right, I yeah, don't want exactly. to do that. Yeah. So I think for me, for me, good work is finding, sliding down that spectrum of purists and, and mm-hmm. hitting general so that that defines your niche, right? Like how highbrow do you want to be? How dumb do you want to be? I go through some periods where it's like I literally don't want to use a word with three syllables in it. Right. Yeah. I just want to give it as straight and as raw as I can. And then I go through some periods where it's like I just want to I just want to see like how beautiful can I make the sound, right? Mm. Those are the, some of the least popular things I do. Yeah. So yeah. so I think that's Ryan, your shirt's still on. I'm just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's another thing I right? forget. <laughs> that's another thing I forget, dude. I'm not joke like there's seriously like sometimes I'll have pictures I'm like what do I post with that? Like cuz I I know what I want to post, but I don't know the picture. And my girlfriend would be like, post that one. i am like, that's what? She's like, no. She's like, trust me. I'm a girl. Post that one. Mm. And dude, sure enough, it'll work. Like, dude, that's, that blows my mind. Yeah. That sometimes, like, I can just literally take my shirt off. Here's the applesauce. Chew this. And as you're chewing... Two lines in. Please read. You realize <laughs> there's, a, there's a blue pill in there. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Now swallow. <laughs> exactly. And that's how I've baited and switched pe- people for years, and uh, it's one thing that I thoroughly enjoy doing because um I feel so pro towards my masters, towards my God. Like I'm like, you need to, you need to go read. This the man. Like yeah. you, you need like you, like you need to go read this purely from the source. But people aren't right, and that's why we have these mediums like preachers to preach the word every Sunday, or like we need these translators in society, educators more or yeah. less, right? Like yeah. you've read the books, the right. purity. Like how do we get it with some applesauce in it? So I think where I'm at, at least in terms of social media, is I want to stay pure enough. So that there's a special club of people right who are into it, right? Um, but I don't want to get so big to the it's point like respect and credibility. Yeah, dude. Like a lot of my friends who are, you know, they're at that weird point, and it, I say weird point of like, I think that 250 to like 400 thousand followers wow. is a very odd point because it's like you're leaving general, yeah. Right. You're that's that's when and like my friends who, who are in that, I think personally. They struggle more than anybody I know on social wow. media, right? Because it's like there's pressure now. There's what it's there's a bunch of people who have been with me for years, but there's also a bunch of people that I don't know, and so it's like, who do do I keep growing, hit that million, and just go general, go do some fucking K-pop songs, right? Or do I keep doing what got me here? Right? It's it's a it's a weird dichotomy I think in in the growth of it because in the beginning man that super super loyal beginning followers that super that that initial core man they they mean the world to you and i think for me i've been lucky enough where it's like i've had an insane amount of retention in my following like i don't have the biggest following but i really think i have one of the most powerful followings like it's nuts thousand true fans dude it's it's yeah it's nuts it's like and it's nuts how true of fans of me they are which I think is it's which is crazier, but um, man, a lot of luck, a lot of time, and and I think uh, to start seeing social media as just relationships is really the best way no to do it. No matter how big you get, no matter how big it is. Yeah. So if your goal is a million, be prepared to know to know no one in some ways. Wow. You know, like it must to me. Like I'm a big, huge Beatles fan. I always think about like Paul McCartney, like you write these songs and everyone of every language knows it. And like you never really meet a true fan or even if you do meet one, you can't believe it. Like, so for instance, every gym I go to for the most part, someone will know me one person, two people, um, every gym I've ever worked out at like consistently, they'll be like, Hey, are you right? And that's like, if that one or two people come up to me, I believe you, you actually know me. But when you get to this weird point of like ogus right like uh I say Ogus because I'm a friend of Ogus. people are like oh we all met and it's like do you believe that love mm. or is he or, or you say Ogus is weird Ogus <laughs> <laughs> is weird dude uh because when you get to know him he's very reserved very uh quiet mm. like his YouTube personality versus it's different his, it's not even different.
0: he didn't his his last video was like there's no words. It was just a reintroduction to Ocus. Dude,
1: Matt off-camera to me is one of the best humans uh, I've met in the fitness industry. Awesome. Right? But I think he got into that trap of high energy, high entertainment. You got to sell yourself out a little bit. You got to take off your shirt in every video. Like, like when you get into that trap, you're kind of stuck into it. And I think, obviously, having a kid and get in a stable family life and that was always one of the more interesting things about him i remember like even like some of the first conversations we had like he always wanted a family good for him like we were like 23 or something yeah it was nuts right right so it's like and like the first time i met him he had uh his phone background was me what the fuck it was crazy it was crazy i didn't think but uh, he wasn't you know he wasn't that big or anything at the time no he just like, yeah,
0: dude. he's been slowing down he's been more thoughtful about the post like and and lovato always keeps it like super sarcastic and Lava- real Dude,
1: lovato is it's i just
0: it's so cool just like i because i that's the first that was my it was first it was scott herman then it was rob rich's and then it wow. was it was Matt Ogus, Chris Lovato, LOA, and then Jim Shark. I worked, and then... I
1: worked with Rob when I was in LA a bit, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah I saw, I saw a video. Yeah, dude, he's like, um, he's been trying to redo. He he's always reinventing him, himself consistently. Yeah, he was one of the first people, and when I moved to LA, that I met, that I connected with. I saw him in the gym. We went to the same gym. I had no idea who he was. Oh, um, and then I saw him just like tagged on Instagram, and I was like Rob Bridges. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll introduce myself. I was like, hey, are you Rob Bridges? And then like it instantly went to the position of like, Yes, I'm Rob and it was like me <laughs> as a fan. And I was like, Oh shit, I should have introduced myself a little differently. But it's all good, it's all good. Take take the take the like he was like he almost like stood like, Yes, it's me. Now shower me with adoration. Oh, okay. That celebrity thing. Okay, like, okay. Nothing against him, but that's what an asymmetrical relationship is. Right.
0: Now, on the Right. On the flip side, it was probably cool. And I, I, I heard in the last episode with, with Austin, you were taken aback when you when guzman introduced himself that was nuts your, that was cool right
1: <laughs> that was nuts
0: when it's flipped when so and then to even go meta when when you reached out to me when you're like hey when are you gonna invite me on the podcast i was like bro what the fuck a, like it's crazy you just invited it? yourself
1: it's crazy isn't it yes you're, it's humbling it is to, to,
0: ha- to hear from people you thought you would never hear from it's Absolute. cool
1: dude it was insane like when guzman said that to me it was like because i'll be honest I own so, there was so I was I was actually at this is probably three years ago I was at August's house mm-hmm. I was staying with him I just did you I just did half dome no oh, nice right oh, and so I went and I stayed with Matt for like four or five days or okay something like that um and dude he was like in this weird space with YouTube and so obviously mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um and I just—I was in De Novo. I was busy. I didn't know what was going mm. on. I was like, what's going on? Like, who's the, I was like, who's like the guy right now? He's like, shit. He was like, probably it's going to be like this kid, Christian Guzman. He's real good. And that was the first time I heard his name. Okay. But I never watched his stuff. And I don't. And at the same time I was staying there, Abdullah zane I don't know if you're familiar with Abdullah. He's that Australian kid who comes and visits sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. He's always like talking about sick cunt, sick cunt. <laughs> but, like he's just a funny dude. <laughs> He made this disc video on Christian Guzman. Okay. Like he went in Ogus's garage and did it. Okay. And so I wasn't in, invested in that world, but I just kept hearing this name, okay. Guzman, and sure. this and it. I don't know, right? So basically, fast forward time to never knowing much about the dude, uh my friend Jorge in the IQ. Mm-hmm. Jorge kind of starts going on his path and he gets into that super popular influencer path like mm. I remember, like i remember uh i was with him in orlando it was like a year and a half like two year, two two years ago we were in the hotel at raw nationals and he was like staying with me and then he was like just talking he was like hey man like they're offering of me like he gets like i get like cool influencer stuff he gets insane influencer stuff okay. so like He he gets like he goes on like free cruises. He went to like uh, he goes on like it's big times. So so it's like he's like, hey man, like they gave me they gave me uh, they offered me to go to Israel for a week. He's like, what do you think about it? And I was like, do you understand what's going on with Israel right now and and like and like uh, (laughs) the whole border thing and land thing and like and Zionists? And he's like, no. I explained to him Palestine and Israel. He mm-hmm. had no idea. Oh, wow. I explained this to him for like 40 minutes. He was mind blown. I was like, you want to know the kicker? You look like a Palestinian. Oh, shit. <laughs> right, 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 right. And so basically the Israel go- the Israeli government uh, is funding companies to bring in influencers and see the country and put out a positive mm-hmm. image of it. So he did it, and then he got like huge backlash from obviously Palestinians and people who were pro palestine and then and so like he got into the whole thing right and so it's like it's crazy to see governments in some way utilizing my friends hmm. for their uh, agenda like as far as like my personal opinion with like the palestine israel thing it is i look at that and i'm like i dare not speak on a, a, the original beef like that is the <laughs> That was, a fr- like, upon the Homo sapien leaving Africa, that was, like, the first beef, right? Mm, that area. Wow, yeah, yeah. That yeah. area was, it's, like, dude, that area is just a hotbed of just beef in arguments. My, my
0: buddy went he, he went on birthright, and he actually had the balls to question the propaganda he was hearing wow, from Israel. Yeah. that's
1: nuts, dude. But, you know what, I, I say this, I look at I look at a lot of things that have happened historically. I look at Israel, um, I look at the United States of America. I look at what Hitler tried to do in World War II. I look at Russia. like, And it's like, you know, I live in a country that benefited off of a lot of what's going on there. And the only reason we don't talk about it is because in the United States, they won completely. You know, like we go on and on and on about Hitler killing 3 million Jews. And it was a terrible thing. It was so terrible to methodically kill that many people. But man, we also wiped out 20 million Native Americans pretty pretty clean mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's like as an american i tread lightly with trying to judge anybody else just because we i hate to even say this term like did what we did to the end right i didn't live through the progress yeah. of the basically the genocide of an entire race of people right i didn't live through that so i can't speak on it because i'm an american and i benefit living in literally indian native land wow. right so yeah. I really hope that they can figure out that issue best they can, and that's the thing. Who do you who who are you for? Who you against? Right? It's 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 really two people that have a age old beef, age old history. In you know, you hope that, and those those are what we that's what we hear. You know,
0: like there's this un, a really cool kid, his name's Nas. He makes daily vlogs and yeah, whatnot. that dude's fucking Dude, and he nuts he has he gives out free airbnbs and he has one in israel one in palestine and they're free Mm. and he just he's bringing the world together you know it's It's just yeah um so i'm sure there's more of those people that see through the differences past the differences and acknowledge that but still it's
1: it's, you can still be kind to each other it's okay absolutely dude absolutely man but i but i think it's it's hard when you're like you said like we were talking about with universal basic income when you're poor it's hard to give a fuck about anything, right? When you're struggling, it's hard to give a fuck about anything. Um, and if you look at really most places around the world, outside of the Western world, life isn't about striving or self-actualization. It's just about survival, right? And when you're in a survival mode, you don't care about veganism or global warming or cl- You just care about surviving. And then the behaviors you exhibit when you feel someone threatening your Gaza strip, yeah. I mean, you might go a little fucking crap. I'm capable of doing it. You're capable of doing it, right? Like, and that's the thing about humans that I find so interesting is that we are all capable of anything. Like, within the right context, tonight, you could murder somebody, right? Actually, you could murder me tonight if the right events happened, Sure. Right. Right. What those things would be to unlock it. I don't know. It would have to be pretty extreme. But you are more than capable of being a murderer. I am, too. Right. And so that's the thing. It's like I've when I use the word luck, I've never been put in a situation that has pushed me and gave me enough resistance that I've had to push back and be a worse version of myself. Right. Mm-hmm. I've never had to see what I'm capable of in terms of a demon. Right. I've only been really I've been upset. I've been angered, I've been hurt, but I've never been put in a position where I've been so hurt that I've said, I'm going to shoot everybody in this fucking school, which is another thing, because, these, like, not in America, like, if they, like, if you, uh, uh, that's a sensitive topic, but, like, God, that hurts my feelings more than anything, these school shootings, man, it mm-hmm. just hurts, because it's just, therapy exists, you know, like, Therapy exists, dude. Like, in Sudan, right, there are children who go to school and have and saw their mothers get raped by 30 soldiers in a row, like, and and they they live with that. There are terrible things that happen in this world. You got bullied, man? Like, it's bad. I get it. I get relative deprivation is is a thing. You're the worst treated in this group, in your in-group, but yeah dude this this place uh this america i think just the freedom of this place mm. also will exhibit the full spectrum of who we are as humans and i think what we're seeing now in the world is uh what happens when you hit go on a capitalist system and let it fucking run for a few hundred years like mm. it's, a, it's an interesting place but you know i hope i hope good will prevail as it historically has done in the united states to be honest bad has never really won right yeah well, at the same time
0: all you can do is worry about yourself no and, Ain't just and. Work, do good work yeah Ain't and. No.
1: and if you worry about yourself the whole will be good that's interesting Yep. um we're coming up on three hours bro it's good it's a good podcast <laughs> i think it might be the longest one i've ever done <laughs> no uh, when i used to well, we had a, a de novo podcast i think i i did one a little longer than this back when we did had podcasts yeah
0: What's cool is I try to chop these up into, like, Instagram bits. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's just, that's tedious. But, that's got to be a tough part. But going to remind myself, it's not about the quantity, but the quality. And so,
1: if I were you, and this is just, this is literally, like, what I define. For example, I've been talking about good work. I would literally keep a timer, right? And I would, when I heard something I liked, I would, like, write that time down. So I,
0: I, I... Wrestle with that about having a notepad out and do it, like man. That. Fuck it. Yeah,
1: get you, like because now it's hard. To now be I like, have to rewatch. Now you gotta rewatch. Yeah, make that efficient, man. You could easily be like, all right, here are the time markers that I really Fuck. like, right? Yeah, and then in time, right you get, what's that dude who does Joe Rogan's podcast with him? Little Joey or something like that. I forget his name. He's Joey a, Diaz? No, no, oh. no, no, no. no. That's the guy who does it. He's like the assistant in the room with Joe Rogan all the time. Yeah. Yeah. He's, like, he's
0: yeah. meme-ified already. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> I forget
1: his name. Pull it up. uh ja- Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. Little Jamie. Young Jamie. Young Jamie. <laughs> young Jamie. <laughs> Jamie, young Jamie right. <laughs> so it's like in time, right? Episode 150, you could simply have someone who chops it up. Here's the Dropbox file here is something and some fucking kid, i fucking Loyola arts program would do that for $50 a chop, you know, in time. In so I'm saying right, like, right. so for me, that's what good work is. And that's how it grows. Just realizing what your value is. I get it. Right. Get You're it. good at having these conversations. And in the beginning you have to grind right, and do those things right. yourself. But I think my thing in good work is like, how do I make a good system, a better system? And yeah. how do I keep improving it? And that to me is like, oh, I'm made for a corporation, basically. <laughs> like, that's what makes me Your own me corporation. Your, I, your own... You know. I am a corporation, right? Efficiency and improvement. The one last thing
0: is, it is so good to have something to call your own, and no one is calling the shots above you. No one can fuck with my podcast. No one can tell me what questions to ask, where the conversation goes. I,
1: I agree with that, but I also disagree with that. And I think there's a big myth to being your own boss. And the myth to being your own boss is that you don't have a boss. In fact, you now have the worst boss you've ever had in your life, yourself. <laughs> there is no worse boss than being your own worst boss. You say things and you treat yourself much worse than any real boss in real life would treat you. Mm-hmm. right? So I think the navigating of starting the journey of being your own boss should not be defined with no one tells me what to do. I'm free to do whatever I want. You really have to learn who you are and learn to be honest the tyrant you are everyone's got a little bit of dictator in them towards themselves right you're nasty with yourself like you wake up like sometimes you'll wake up you know middle of the night to pee and you're like i should do this i should do this i should do this. what well, imagine if you woke up in a middle of the night to pee and a boss calls you like do this do this do this do this do okay. this that's you okay. that you're nuts are you great right so it's like i struggled with being my own boss being too hard on myself mm. i still do to be totally honest yeah. with you right but the fact that i have a fucking slave driver in my head that's why i'm successful because i'm a i'm the best boss that i've ever had every boss i've ever had is too slack they're not hard enough on me um and so i think that's another myth man saying i'm no one's in control yeah no external person's in control. right right, but right. you got a fucking ma- maniac in your head <laughs> yeah good point
0: good point um where can uh people find you Uh, where can people i mean i'm excited to line up for your book when it comes out but so yeah i want to uh
1: and thanks for not making it an ebook just you know just i want i've read so many books (laughs) i want a book yeah i want a book so obviously um and sorry uh
0: make it an audiobook that's you have the voice for that i'm just saying
1: think so yeah I, i i think my expressions are good i don't i don't know if my voice is it audiobook voice but i don't want somebody else reading it because i know they'll get my inflections wrong mm-hmm. they won't say it i want to say it mm-hmm.
0: um not every author can voice their own book though
1: <laughs> i get no, i shouldn't say that <laughs> i was gonna say i get annoyed at some <laughs> off like so, like I, I feel like some people who don't write don't want to do their own audiobook they just think if you hire like some uh british dude from west london <laughs> that'll do the trick you know what i mean mm, no <laughs> it was the best of times it was the worst of like like i think some british I think tim
0: Ferriss did a pretty good job hiring um a specific guy for the yeah. top seneca yeah
1: but. yeah i agree but yeah so yeah. so uh my all my tags uh youtube if you want content like like this uh is the natty pro 1e e. i remember there's an episode where you're like not the natty pro but uh, the, the yeah natty pro. the natty pro <laughs> Did, did I tell? You, did I say on that episode where I got that name from the Natty Pro? Um,
0: yeah, you were in class. You were you were just pl- plugging it in, and I got it. Yeah, so you're like I arrogant. am the <laughs>
1: Natty. <laughs> it was air, it was the most arrogant thing I've ever done. Like I see it all the time, and I'm like, I should fucking change this. Maybe it because I some accountability. You know, you know what it is? Like I I put that on, and then I I mean I know like the legends, like Doug Miller, Philip Ricardo, like the great natural bodybuilders. I personally know them, and they follow me, and I'm like. Uh <laughs> they know this is not true, like they're they're always <laughs> <is> this kid <laughs> right like and so, but I did it, and so I always like so it was to me it was always a combination of like I wanted to be the best bodybuilder at one point in my life, so it was like I'm the natty pro, like fucking mm-hmm. I'm claiming it, but uh there's a bob marley album Bob Marley album called uh natty dread Natty is like natty nappy hair, naughty hair, dreadlocks, and it's just kind of like a Caribbean culture shot out at the same time, too, so it's like a double entendre um like my favorite one of my favorite bob marley albums plus um kind of work with natural body buttons with so the natty pro yeah um so the natty pro that's everything um it would be crazy if i stopped competing pro bodybuilding and started in steroids right <laughs> i <still have> that. <laughs> be nuts. uh my website is fortiseq.com you can yeah. contact me through there uh that's f-o-r-t-i-s-e-q.com um i Don't have a ton to offer outside of my content for Fortis right now. Um, But I think going there, it will still give you some direction more or less to um, really other, other, other main sources of media. Like if you're one of the few people who don't just check YouTube or Instagram first, some people don't, which is Mm. crazy to me. um, My website will kind of help direct you toward that direction. So in time, uh, I will make some changes to the site. Just putting up um, some light stuff, apparel, and obviously when when my book gets going, I'll, I'll have some updates and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, hopefully, I my goal with this book is to get it up and get it out as soon as I can to everybody. If anybody knows anything about books and and likes how I talk, I guess holler at me. I'm a hard worker. I I need some help navigating that space, but for now I'm just focusing on... Like a publisher. On I don't know any, I don't know. I don't even know someone to help you. That's, but that's also a thing, right? Like I I think, I think for me, my, my initial reaction with everything is always, how can I do this myself and how wrong is everybody? Right. So it's like, what is a publisher and how much money does it really cost to publish a book? Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if it's something like $30,000, can I front that myself? Do I need to split that money with somebody? Like, can I take that risk? I don't know. I don't I don't know, right? I don't know anything. So I think for me, I'm all about information. The more information I get, the more I am emboldened to either sign my name away or do it with someone else. And my mm-hmm. whole thing is trying to be like, how can I efficiently put this out with the help of people and make someone else's time with my worthwhile, right? Like, I know that a lot of influencers have followings and they come out with a book. But their ri- their following is like inflated. But their following is not coming to them to learn, and they just put out a book, bu- you know, a, b- a book or something like that. Mm. And so the book flops. Um, so you're, it's not congruent. Not congruent. That'd no. be the word. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a weird spot, man. So now, cool. uh, I'm just writing, putting out some content. Um, the book will be an organized version of that that hopefully reads well. Um hopefully sounds well if i if i if I get to do it an, an audio within the same year of it at least so
0: at the same time you mentioned Because uh, 'cause I'm currently reading um the War of Art, so any of his books stephen Pressfield. any of his books like you pick up, read a little bit, and then go out and use it kind of thing go I out and like use it too.
1: and so I think to me that is what I call a philosoph- that's what I call philosophy book okay right, whether it be Jesus. And you read like, and you know you have to read the book, but you you get like five lines in, and you just put it down. I want to live this. Yeah, exactly. Right. right? Right. right? Like if you hear Lao Tzu's words, and you are like, I want to, I want to go do it. I want to live it. So that's what I hope for with my book. I don't, I don't. I mean, it's yeah. You should be able to sit, sit and read through it entirely. Um, But just like the ones that came before me, I my goal is to get a cathartic release of everything i know everything that has helped me through my language of barbell and really it's a scary thing because i want to release everything right and it will more or less leave me with no new tricks and it'll force me to go learn some new tricks mm-hmm. if i give everything up in this book and publish it i'm kind of empty after that yeah and it's a scary thing to do something new it's a, it's You posted of-
0: it on your story today what I say? S- some story of another story. Uh, your story is another story. It's like you can't um, get to where you're going with oh, what yeah. you did. Rochelle. To get to, yeah, yeah. That was right, one of that right.
1: was that was from uh, Rochelle, Rochelle. That was one of my. I, I worked with her for a while, and she's fantastic figure competitor. Um, and yeah, dude, she was jacked. She's jacked, but uh, she had to try some new things and do some new things, and yeah. she she adjusted well for her age and and I, re- I mean she's not old. She's like our age, but um, you think you know everything by the time you're twenty nine, thirty, you know? So, shout out to her, man. Yeah, I forgot I said that. But so that's my idea: collect everything that I've <laughs> I have said it. and yeah. put it together. So I dig it. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. You're Ooh, this is inspiring. It's I'm, midnight. I'm
0: inspired. Fuck. Okay. Cool. Nots. Um, <laughs> I'm inspired. I'm ready to continue doing better, w- good work, better work. You know, be more thoughtful in in my daily life.
1: That's good. That's good. I think um,
0: I think I'm re inspired to to continue into what I'm doing and to go, I guess, dig deeper into it. To believe in the work, right? Cause
1: I think people are, people are good. Opinions are good. Numbers are good, but I think ultimately uh, it's empty. If you chase that, right, you become this corporate shell of a machine. Mm -hmm. So I think what the corporate machine with numbers and popular, I think that helps give you some objective measurement to it. But I think the thing that's more important is like this house, the shell you live in. How do you fill that with good vibes? And for me, for me, some people it's surfing vacation for me it's good work so Mm -hmm. if you're like us who likes this hustle grind think about your career culture the work is the only thing that'll make you get that high get Mm -hmm. that feeling it's the best
0: i'll leave it at this but like maintaining a personal life like a relationship kudos to that
1: uh
0: unless unless your your significant other is just as motivated and as much of a hustler as you are that's that's where it matters that's where you guys mesh well
1: that's where i've gotten very but it's, lucky
0: it's easy to you have to make sacrifices you know like oh i can't spend as much time with you because so, because i want to do good work
1: and i think i'm sorry i know you want to leave off there no, but, okay. but i think but i think also you need to be relentless in who you are if who you are does not care go forth on that path it's that book filled with dreams if you build it they will come i've spent my entire life being relentlessly me And I've attracted like, like attract likes, right? I'm not waiting around when I was in college. I never went to networking events or tried to connect. I never did that. I see what I like. I say I like it. I do what I like and people who fuck with me, fuck with it. And over the years, just doing that, you will have accumulated some amazing and people will be on board with your program. So it's not about dominating or being a boss or anything, but it's really establishing what you are and who you are. Um, And if you have to give yourself up for you know, a girlfriend or boyfriend or friends, like, I'm sure you have some healthy parts of your relationship, but why on earth, if you claim you're of this culture, would you, would you give yourself up? Yeah. You are who you are and, you, and you're and you going to either grow to have a ton of resentment in the future or you just fucking do it now and people need to learn to live with who you are. They'll love you and forgive you if they're really riding with you, so.
0: Cool. Thank you so much for coming on, bro. Midnight. Seriously, appreciate None. it welcome home <laughs> thanks my guy um thank you guys so much for tuning in stay curious Abla aloha. i'll catch you in the next episode peace